There's a hot new flick. All the horror heads are talking about this week, Anna. There is. Yeah, you've seen it. I did. I've seen it. Gangs all seeing it. Uh, and that movie is an Australian A24 joint about a haunted hand entitled Talk to Me. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I keep on thinking, like, that can't possibly be the title right? of this movie. <laughs> when I was, like, I was going to go log it on Letterboxd, and I was like, what the fuck is this called again? That, that can't be what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> like, talk to me. I think I was, like, I think it had the, I thought it had the word name in it or something. Like, I don't know. I just, sure. It's not sticking <laughs> in my brain. I also think, like, wasn't talk to me, like, a, a show about like a radio host or something like that. I don't know, but I believe that it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, every time I say talk to me, I'm like, is that right? Yeah, I know. I need to Google it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but anyways, I'm going to use this movie as a jumping off point for discussion here. But we're not going to spoil it at all, dear listener, uh, unless you consider simply knowing the premise of the movie a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, which, hey, some people do. I, mean, I do. This is why I watched it last <laughs> night. <laughs> I, I mean, I go to movies and like not watch the trailer a lot, but like I don't mind if I know oh, what okay. a movie is about. I do. Where like, yeah, I know. Like, I think Mark a lot of times also wants to have like no idea, which uh-huh. is why every time I try to describe a movie, he's like, say no more, say no yeah. more. I'm like, literally, we're on a podcast. <laughs> I, it's literally my to job say no more. to say more. <laughs> <laughs> like you can plug your ears yeah sir, maybe but... you know be pro- more proactive in you know seeing the things i'm gonna talk about <laughs> he's gonna forget anyway just like totally. yes all the time you know he recommends movies that i have already told him about right. months before and this happened yesterday he's like oh let's watch a movie like yeah, yeah yeah and he was like "Ooh, how about the highly acclaimed influencer and i was like i told you about this like, four weeks <laughs> <Right>? ago <laughs> Sir. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, regardless, no spoilers here unless you deeply do not want to know what Talk to Me is about. Yeah. In which case, uh, I can timestamp this to where our discussion changes. Because this is going to lead into another topic. We're layered here today, folks. This is going to be layered. So if you're like, I deeply don't want to know anything about this movie or hear any discussions pertaining to it, even spoiler free. I will timestamp and you can skip forward to the part where we're done talking about this particular prompt. Uh, Otherwise, buckle in, folks. Uh, (laughs) So I put this question to the Dead and Lovely and Joag groups Mm -hmm. yesterday. And so I'm just going to lay it out here exactly how I did there. So let's say you've seen videos on the TikTok or the gram of people at parties grabbing this hand sculpture and invoking spirits. And then they seem to be getting possessed and doing crazy things. Mm -hmm. One guy even stabs himself in the face and dies afterwards. Now, we all know the internet lies Mm -hmm. and deep fakes run rampant. So... I mean, most of us probably wouldn't be, like, convinced, right? right? (laughs) I I probably would not believe it. Absolutely would not believe it. Even if you showed it to me, a video with my own eyes, I'm not going to believe that unless I see it. So, hey, you end up at a party, drinking, drugging, teetotaling, whatever you like to do. And lo and behold, someone whips out the sculpture and is like, 
Who wants to give it a go? Anna, do you do it? I would not. Why or why not? I would not okay. do it because do it. I think it's bullshit. Sure. And okay. I, I would feel silly like mm, trying mm-hmm. to go along with it because I deeply do not believe in it. And I, mm. so like, not only would I feel silly like to myself because I'm doing this thing that I don't think is real, but I would feel like weird around the other people that did think it was real because like, I don't want to be like mean, but like, I don't believe in it, you know? So like, I don't want to like put them in a situation where like, I'm like mocking this. I don't know. Yeah. You're being a dick about it. Right. So I would just, yeah. I mean, I would, I wouldn't, just simply because I don't think I would be able to sell that I'm act, like <laughs> actually interested in it. Okay, well, let's take out that variable because I do. I, I thought that myself, you know, and, and this kind of comes up in the movie too, right? Like people just feeling like silly about it yeah. or whatever. And I feel like to an extent, like, yeah, it would be, I think in that situation, if I was just worried about the silliness of it, I'd probably sit down and be like, oh, look, yeah. nothing happened or yeah. whatever, you know? Um, See, I, but let's say you take that. Oh, go ahead. Well, I thought about that too. Yeah, take the, it out of the equation. And the thing is, like, I also deeply despise being peer pressured. Mm-hmm. And so when big same, yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> I I just don't like when people try to get me to do something, especially like if I'm not that excited about doing it in the first place. Like, you're just gonna make me dig my heels in more, just <laughs> out of like, I yeah, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> So like, I feel I like if, even if they said were this as well, yeah, I very much like, am on that same sort of wavelength. I think like actual literal me, mm-hmm. Corrigan Vaughn in the real world is both of these things is the A, I would think it's silly and I would feel weird about doing it. And B, you can't peer pressure me into anything. And I dig my heels in yeah. even more. But let's say, okay, again, take <laughs> sure. that out of the, you're not pressured. Yeah. Someone is just like, do you want to see if it's real? You know? And you're like uh okay you know would you see you know perfect conditions there nobody's fucking with you or anything like that and it's just kind of like maybe it's you and someone else in a room or whatever or i don't know make the perfect uh you know (laughs) hyperbaric chamber or whatever of scenarios do you grab the hand i wouldn't be afraid to do it i wouldn't be scared to do it um Mm -hmm. I just like I'm so I don't like I, it's like there's a disconnect in my brain of me me not believing in it so much that I just don't even want anything right. to do with it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, no, that absolutely makes like sense. I don't and that's know. Totally but valid. like, it, uh, let's say okay, so like if I if I was concerned that it was real, I absolutely <laughs> well, <sir. laughs> wouldn't do it. You're right. Yeah. So there's like any I just don't think happen. I'm not a thrill seeker. Like my mm-hmm. my sibling is very much like okay. more into those kinds of things of like ooh like this is like you know uh, forbidden or taboo or whatever this is fun sure, yeah. and like I'm de- like a uh, like I just I I'm content to not fuck around and find out. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I I just like there's just really like searching the depths of my soul. I cannot come up with a reason why I would ever like want to do it. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I get that. Um, and I only remove all the variables just to see, you know, can we strip this down? You know, for example, like some people said things like, you know, absolutely not because 
germ phobia or oh, someone sure. said so yeah someone has definitely stuck their dick in it yeah um you know i'm like okay well let's take these out of the equation yeah yeah uh and, and what would you do in this case in terms of like the thrill seeking mm-hmm. thing i think that that is like a fascinating angle on this that i like hadn't really considered but i had thought like oh i bet mark would totally like yeah do it or whatever you know yeah. and he's definitely like a uh, thrill-seeking type. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd probably ham it up and, you know, like... Right, yeah, exactly. The void would start talking out of <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Dan from Australia had, you know, said basically, similar to you, like, no peer pressure. Um, he referenced one of our old uh, episodes where we talked about the guy who was peer pressured into eating a slug and then died a horrible death from it. Like, yeah. Absolutely no to that. Um you know, basically his, like, any of those things, like, possessed hand, puzzle box, Latin script from Necronomicon, drug that allows you to see dead people, mm-hmm. any of that stuff, just pass yeah, yeah. on all of it. Another, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, one of the comments, because I saw Stephen Root, is that, mm-hmm. yeah, um, because he said something about, like, the power of suggestion as well. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up, okay. actually. Okay. So, let's just put a pin in that, because... Interesting stuff there. <laughs> uh, but related to <clears throat> related to Dan's comment, uh, Mikey Henninger said, in my teen years, I'd have absolutely done it. Didn't believe in ghosts and was very experimental with drugs. The fact that folks come out of it mostly unfazed, euphoric, having a good time is really what sells it. Mm-hmm. Similar to how I heard stories of people taking LSD and losing their minds, and yet I did it anyway and had a great time. Mm. Um, and so I, I hadn't thought of that as like a parallel either, like kind of a like, you know, mostly people seem to be doing okay. You hear some yeah terrible shit that happened, but largely people seem to be having fun. Right. Huh. Why not give it a whirl? Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, that's, that's very interesting as a way to look at it as mm-hmm. kind of a like, well, if something does happen. Yeah. Well, I'm using this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't like being a skeptic in a, like, in a certain sense. Like, I wish, I want it to be, I want there to be fantastical things. Like, I want, I'm deeply interested in the idea of these things existing. Um, And yet, I, I just can't muster any energy to give any of it credit at all. Right. So it's like, ugh, like is like I love watching it in a movie, but in real mm-hmm. life, like I've ah, I don't know. Like I just don't think I would ever be compelled. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think that's interesting too, because this is one thing that I have always said is that like I can kind of like obviously I don't actually believe in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But and I thought that someone else had commented something like this as well, but I can't seem to find the comment it came from. Um but that, like, I can kind of... Oh, it was it was David. Uh, he said, My wife and I toured a haunted asylum last year, and they did a bunch of ghost hunter tests for activity. I didn't expect anything to happen, but I was putting out all the positive energy I could trying to get something to happen that, uh, that would spook me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, basically his, his thought process here is like, I, I'm a skeptic, I don't believe in anything, but... I like the idea of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I have the same thought of, like, I can kind of suspend my disbelief in a moment, right? Like, if uh-huh. you put me in, like, a haunted house or something like that, you know? That, like, I know deep down that there's nothing going to happen. But, like he said, you're, I'll, like, try to put all the energy I can out there. Yeah. Like, if it's real, 
I'm going to fucking manifest it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm going to be the one to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, think it into existence or right, whatever. Right. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think, like, there's... I'm kind of like I'm in the same place of belief as you, but I can kind of like when I want to believe it, mm-hmm. sort of at least try to let myself get spooked. Mm-hmm. Even if I see something, I will be like, that's obviously easily explained or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, I can kind of be like, while I'm in here, I'm going to let the eerie vibe mm-hmm. take me over. Yeah. Thinking about the hand thing, I, I thought this was interesting because it was like kind of a, you know, where is my superstition at or things like that um kind of thought process or whatever and like I was trying to process like what would what would my reaction be in this scenario um and I think I would not do it because there would be some small like I don't know if superstitious part of me is the right word Mm -hmm. but some sense that like if for whatever reason, this does do something, I don't want to stab myself in the face. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that I, I think that that's, it's a thing that like, you know, I had a, lo- a hard time considering myself like an atheist per se for a long okay. time. Yeah. A- and I guess to an extent, I would still say like, there's always an agnostic element of me because sure. if, I think, you know, you can't ever go, like, if something absolutely was proved to me, I simply, because my brain says no, right. would refuse to believe yeah. it. Like, yeah, you're reasonable. Out of my pride, you know? Yeah you're, yeah, you're being reasonable. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, I'm like, if you, I don't think that there's any way at all, no one, it's not now going to happen after mm-hmm. thousands of years of people trying to, right. to see this. So, But, um... I kind of think that I approach a lot of things that way with that slightly agnostic view mm-hmm. of like I at my core I don't think any of this stuff is real. However, mm-hmm. if there is a danger <laughs> inherent in it, do am I willing to put that belief to the test to the point where I might get hurt? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, maybe there's, like, some just little, like, agnostic part of me in spite of things that goes, eh, better not risk it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there if someone else... To- I wouldn't tell someone else not to do it. I would mm-hmm. absolutely watch yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. For sure. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I certainly... I think I think I would not grab the hand. Right. Well, and sure. if... I think I would also watch to a certain point, up to a certain point, um, other people do it. But right. I think I would definitely bounce long before any of the characters of this movie ever do <laughs> at, at any right. point that they use the hand. Like, I don't think yeah. that I would stay as long as because. Yes. Oh, like, uh, like. Even if it's fake, <laughs> even if it's fake, I don't like the energy that is being yeah. <laughs> Everything being cultivated being, here. Being put out is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good vibe. I'm a go. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are being <laughs> weird. Is... And that's what I would attribute it to. I would say yeah. y'all are getting caught up in what you think is happening here. You're allowing right. it to affect the way you're acting and you guys are having fun. Fine. This is not my brand of fun. I'm a go. Yeah, not my scene. Not my scene. Yeah. It's funny because we we ended up rewatching The Invitation yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, I rewatched. I don't know if Mark had ever seen it before. Um, but That's a good one. I said 
yeah, I love that movie. It's a that's a it's great fun. I mean, fun is maybe the wrong word for it, but it, it's, it's a very ride. very well done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, in that movie, all of these people—if you've never seen it before—in the invitation, all of these people get an invitation mm-hmm. to this couple's house. One of them is a friend that they have known forever. Um, you know, the sort of lead character's ex-wife, and they have been through a tragedy together. Nobody's talked to her in three years. And they, she suddenly invites them all over for like a lavish dinner at which she and her new husband spring on them. Basically, they're like in a cult that mm-hmm. they seem to be trying to convert them into. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I said to Mark, I was like, I would have like the moment they, they like put on this video uh-huh. that's like showing, you know, culty shit and proselytizing and all right. this stuff. I was like, the moment that started... I would have been like, I need to go to the bathroom and Irish exit Yeah, for real. <laughs> and God. Mark was like, no, I would, after the video, I'd be especially there. Oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, well, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, yeah. I was I, like, yeah, see, it's not my vibe, not my scene. Right. I don't want anything to do with any of that But stuff. I also like, you know, I if I didn't have any background with it, I too would have the same level of curiosity. I that, would. Yeah, that's exactly it, what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, I can tell you were, you've never been to a Bible study. So that- <laughs> that's interesting, though, because, OK, take my religious background out of this scenario mm-hmm. then. I right, think I would I do it. Want to, I would yeah, do it okay. if I were not religious. If I hadn't, I'm not, I'm not now, but if I had been never religious. been religious, I think I would do it. Yeah. Let's, let's go on to my next part of this because yes. Okay. I really want to discuss okay, that. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought so this is kind of two part. One of the interesting answers we received was from Stephen Root, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, who said this, uh, no, while I'm confident that the supernatural is not real, the power of the human psyche to perceive reality wrong and cause people to do bad things to themselves and others mm-hmm. does make games like this dangerous. Right. Apophenia so, is a powerful psychological experience that people have right. that, you know, can cause them to do to act on things that they yeah. think are happening because they expected them to happen. Exactly. And this resonated with me for several reasons. First, of course, I needed to go find some examples of exactly that. So I did. And I will get to those momentarily. (laughs) But another reason this was a fascinating answer to me was connected, of course, to Christian spirituality. Mm -hmm. And also to a response from Xander Reddy, who wrote, Yes, and I'd be proud of myself for not buying into superstitious bullshit. Superstitious bullshit. difficult phrase (laughs) uh like i would have when i was still religious yeah i'd take it as a point of personal growth that i could engage in the harmless dumb fuckery with my peers Mm -hmm. instead of being scared and then i'd die or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) in the context of the film yeah um so i i've mentioned many times on this podcast that even in my most christian days i always thought that my church and school peers obsession with the devil and demonic things and whatnot was like weird and corny yes my perspective was always basically like nowhere in the Bible does it say that the devil has all of God's powers. Yeah. And yet Christians act like he's like following them around like, oh, right. their faith is too strong. I'm going to personally take yep. them down. Like they're they like love Job to be persecuted. Yes, exactly. Um, and so to me, this all just like translated into straight up superstition. Mm-hmm. One of the most prevalent of which was around Ouija boards. Yes. Yep. Um, and so I want to, if you want to like sort of build on your thoughts of your like religious background in this, do that. And then I want to know, did you ever encounter that particular thing? But yeah, go on on your thoughts about the 
your religious background and how that affects whether or not you do this. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, um, had I not been exposed to all of this, like, oh, it's so serious, it's so mm-hmm. real. You know, if I hadn't been exposed to that, then maybe I would have that aspect of my brain of like, oh, it's just good fun, whatever. E- right. Even though I don't think I would still believe in it, like, right. I would I would be like, oh, this is just like a, 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 a game. It's a, it's a performance amongst friends. It's fine. Right. But like, I think because... I I've had that drilled into me so much. It's it's not like it's a superstition where part of me still believes it. It's right. like I just want to be I I don't want to be involved because I yeah. have seen how people can take those games and spin them. And yeah. so to me it's just like I don't I do not care if other people do it. I don't think there's right. anything wrong with doing it. Just me personally and my experience, like, I think that's part of it. And like, if I didn't yeah. have that experience, then sure, why, why the, why the hell not? Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, that absolutely makes sense to me. I think like that's part of it to me too, and like why it feels so silly mm-hmm. to interact with this kind of thing and all that is like this, like the seriousness of this in a Christian background. Yeah, and, like you know, people being like demons are. They're like really real yeah. and they're out to get you. And yeah. like if you take out a Ouija board or something of that nature, like you are calling these right. like dark spirits to you. And, and I just like, oh, I would even ha- I would hear people, you know, kind of compromise and be like, we know it's not actually the board that has the power. Right. It's, yes. it's the people using it who are <laughs> inviting, you know, you mm-hmm. could invite demons even if you didn't have a board, blah, blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you really, really think? You have assigned demons that just <laughs> fuck with you for fun. You're that important. Yeah. There's like, like you know, if, if you if you get away from God, boy, things are going to go bad. Yeah. So, you know, they've assigned you a demon to try to pull you. The persecution complex is <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Did you ever um, encounter the Ouija board specifically when you were... No, I I would never have been like exposed to anyone who who, you know, would ever been allowed to even have one. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, I I by the time I was in college. No, I had I I think I may have graduated. Um, I I worked at a local ice cream parlor and Mm. it had like the building. It's been there hundred like forever. And like originally it had been like a meat market in front and a uh like a morgue in back yeah and so there's all sorts (laughs) of ghost legends and things Uh and and at some point apparently some former employees had gone down in the basement and like played with a ouija board and like so i having been there after that had happened and like my coworkers and my boss always like talking very superstitiously about it like i was kind of in an environment where that that lore was not very far off at any point ever sure yeah. but like i wasn't personally involved in that actual like sit like event yeah yeah definitely yeah um yeah and it's sorry a little bit of the sniffle (laughs) came okay (laughs) um yeah i mean when i was growing up 
I think, especially because I didn't really know any Christians when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, like I didn't totally understand like exactly that, that it's like you'd rarely be in a situation in which case, uh, in a like in which you would experience that or whatever. I remember yeah. like friends when I was a kid who had Ouija boards and I think we'd like take them out and play with them. But inevitably, you like we're little kids and we just start like spelling things. Right. Like, Look what I can do. And, yeah. Like, not thinking about it. But like Ouija boards have managed a very strange and unique status in American culture mm-hmm. um, where it isn't just Christians, but a lot of folks who believe mm-hmm. that somehow they're imbued with some sort of evil supernatural power that simply should not be messed with mm-hmm. for any reason. So if you were to like pull out at a random gathering a Ouija board, I mean, maybe not a dead and lovely gathering, but like or you <laughs> right. know, a, 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 a random ad hoc group of people. Um, a, a Ouija board, any number of people would be like, nope, not messing with that energy. Mm-hmm. And it's truly b- bizarre because it's literally a board game now right. made by Hasbro, but, mm-hmm. you know, initially made by toy, toy manufacturers looking to capitalize off of America's 19th century spiritualism craze. Mm-hmm. Never in its creation <laughs> did the good folks at the board game company think, this is definitely going to open an actual portal to right. the gates of hell and right. pour forth the souls of the damned. It's not even named after anything real. They made no. up the word yeah. Ouija out of like yeah. several languages mixed together. You know, what? apparently even that's not true. Really? That's a myth, too. So like the idea that it was supposed to be like wheat as uh-huh. in, in French wheat. And ya, I believe, was supposed to be, like, Norwegian or Swedish or something like that. There's, like, a million languages that say ya. Uh, Yes. Yes. Um, Like, that is apocryphal. That's not what it was. Apparently, you know, the origins were that allegedly, of course, you know. Sure. The creators of this board game had, like, asked a spirit or or whatever, like, what this talking board was called. Uh Um, And the... Ouija was the name that came out of okay. it. And when they asked the spirit what that meant, the spirit said, good luck. Interesting. So it is a made up word. Yeah. It just isn't even as like, it doesn't even make as much sense. Yeah. As we. It's just does. plain gibberish. It's Interesting. straight up gibberish well, that someone know. made up. Yeah, I was, like, fascinated by that, because I always thought that, too, and it was literally not until I was reading about it today that I was like, oh, okay. wow. there's myths within the myth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah. Um, I, and, like, the thing, like, with Ouija boards, like, I think they are really cool. I would have one, like, as yeah, a decoration. Like be, aesthetically. Yes, yeah. I, I think they're really they're neat. Cool. Um, I don't think I I don't think anything would happen ever with it, but, like, I, oh, right. I love like the idea of that right yeah. yeah it's like if you like putting live laugh love above your door and thinking yeah. that somehow that was gonna like bring in like happy spirits yeah. or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but um the smithsonian describes for the origins of the uh ouija board thusly they said in february 1981 the first few advertisements started appearing in papers Ouija, the wonderful talking board, boomed a Pittsburgh toy and novelty shop, describing a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy, (laughs) and promised never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. Mm. A link between the known and unknown, the material and immaterial. 
Another advertisement in a New York newspaper declared it interesting and mysterious and testified as proven at, as proven at patent office before it was allowed. Price, $1.50. Wow. I yeah. I love, like, okay, you know, the internet has many uses. We're using it right now. <laughs> Yay. But are, the yeah. time before the internet and the, like, even, like, even like widespread like television and things, you know, the the air of mysticism that was able to exist yes, because it absolutely. was so much harder to debunk things. Right. Like that, that is, I, I kind of like, you know, yeah. the, the, the like harmless, harmless, like anarchy in that sense of like, you know, yeah. we're not, <laughs> you know, like. It, it doesn't actually matter, but we can we can kind of like lie and like about this, and it, it's kind of fun, you know. Yeah, right. Like especially in a situation like a Ouija board, where right? It's like entirely harmless. Yeah. It's not like some horrible medication or like it, yeah. a war against Spain or something like that that's being manufactured yeah. here. It's like it's just a stupid board game, yeah. and they can say whatever the fuck they want about it, you know. Um, it's charming, and like you know, at this point in time. Like, the idea of talking to the dead wasn't weird at all. Right. Um, like, it was so commonplace back then that people barely batted an eyelid. So they were like, sure, a talking board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just one more way to cousin to contact old Cousin Jed who died in the Civil War, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but, like, at that point, spiritualism and Christianity were, like, still, like, bosom buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, it would hardly have raised an eyebrow if you, you know, went to church on Sunday coming straight off a seance from the night before. Mm-hmm. And the Ouija board did gangbusters, <laughs> both, you know, as a conduit for heartfelt reunions with those in the great beyond and just a fun party game for the yeah. whole family. Uh, even Norman Rockwell once depicted a woman using a Ouija board on one of his famous Saturday evening post covers. That's rad. It's wild, isn't it? Like, oh, we'll little kids in ice cream shops and dogs and Ouija board lady. That's so rad. I, I love Norman Rockwell paintings. I didn't know that Absolutely. existed. Or if I did, I forgot. That's yeah, so I've cool. never seen it before. And actually, I do. I meant to look it up. If I can find it, I will put it on the awesome. uh, cover photo for <laughs> this week because... I love the idea of that. That's honestly, I would get a print of that. Yeah, me that too. I was literally just thinking, <laughs> can I find this and like hang it in my room? Because that's awesome. eBay. eBay. Yeah, I'll have it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until 1973 that the Ouija board's reputation took a sudden turn toward the demonic. So we're talking some 80 years, 90 years, somewhere in that vicinity since mm-hmm. its invention. Can you imagine... Maybe try to guess why 1973 was a turning point for the Ouija board. Um, well, it's interesting you say that because I was reading about Halloween and the acceptance levels of it throughout mm. American history, and it that uh, Halloween kind of like had a a, a blip there. Um, really? Yeah. Um, I know the Satanic Panic is is not quite yet. Um, we're, we're ramping up to that. Yeah, getting towards it. <laughs> um, but I, I guess not specifically. I, not on th- off the top of my head. Well, you are you're on the right track because satanic panic and all of this kinds of stuff. And I would imagine probably acceptance of Halloween and all of these things are 
going through a bit of a weird moment mm-hmm. because of William Friedkin's classic horror oh, banger. Oh, the, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Okay, yep. <laughs> Duh. Yes. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and have never seen The Exorcist, first of all, go fix that. Right. Um, it absolutely lives up to the hype. Such a great movie. Uh, but more importantly, here's why it suddenly made a harmless toy public enemy number one in America's Nightmares. In the film, a 12-year-old girl named Reagan, famously played by a pea-soup-spewing Linda Blair, plays with a seemingly innocuous Ouija board, a thing certainly many of the viewers had done themselves to underwhelming results in Mm. real life. But in poor little Reagan's case, she is then possessed by the demon Pazuzu, who proceeds to give everyone in the movie a really bad time afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, just things go poorly after that. Uh, <laughs> watch the movie, see for yourself. Yeah. Um, and thus, The Exorcist did for Ouija boards what Psycho had done for showering, what Jaws had done yeah. for sharks, mm-hmm. made a thing we all felt pretty whatever about into something to fear. And culture was forever changed, not just for us horror-loving freaks watching the bajillions of movies featuring the game from that point forward, but for regular people and for those Christians who had once been totally chill with it and now saw it as opening up a big ol' soul hole for the devil to get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needless to say, Anna, Ouija boards are controlled by us, not right. by spirits. Correct. And that's not to say we necessarily know we're doing it. Mm-hmm. The idiot. We've talked. What did you say? The idiomotor response. Yes. <laughs> uh, we've talked before about people's genuine beliefs in the supernatural. And, you know, well, nobody involved in this podcast believes in any of it. We are not giant dicks who think everyone is lying. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, We just think people are misinterpreting experiences Mm -hmm. or assuming that because they can't explain something, that means there is no explanation. Mm -hmm. There are grifters out there who know they're selling bullshit, for sure. See any television medium, for example. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, And, and like, people obviously also sort of exaggerate their experience to make them sound more legit to other people. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know people have told me they're, like, ghost stories and things like that. That I'm like, I believe maybe part of this Mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. And then either, like, your brain filled in some other things or in the retelling, because you really want to be believed, (laughs) you added more to this. Yeah. But I still don't think that's, like, you know, it's not nefarious or anything like that. It's because people really believe the things that they've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, when folks say that a Ouija board worked for them or whatever, it's often the case that they really think it did. Um, I'm not going to go deeply into it, but it's exactly what you were just talking about, the idiomotor effect. And the exact same thing makes us think that we're controlling dowsing rods mm-hmm. with our minds when really... We're just not aware of our unconscious unconscious movements. Going back to the Smith 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 jeez. <laughs> Going back to the Smithsonian article, uh, they referenced a psychology pre- professor named Dr. Chris French. Said the thing about the, all these mechanisms we're talking about: dowsing rods, Ouija boards, pendulums, these small tables. They're all devices whereby a quite small muscular movement can cause quite a large effect. 
Mm-hmm. Planchets, planchets in particular, the things that you use with a Ouija board, um, are well suited for their task. Many used to be constructed of a lightweight wooden board and fitted with small casters to help them move more smoothly mm-hmm. and freely. Mm-hmm. Now they're usually plastic and have felt feet, which also help it slide over the board easily. Mm-hmm basically made to be very easily moved right. by the person right. playing with and them. And, like, most people don't have, like, steady, like, 100% of the time steady no. hands, you Absolutely know? Absolutely not, yeah. And then if you are if you see it's moving because your body's moving subconsciously and you want it to go a certain direction, then it's very easy to get sucked into this right. this response and just go with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went on a ghost tour last October in Connecticut um, where I met a wonderful group of girls that I'm still in contact with um, who like love going to like paranormal things and stuff like that. Um, And one of the things on this ghost tour that they did was that the like the woman leading it gave everybody or like, you know, five volunteers or whatever dowsing rods Mm. to use. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you, they're like, you know, you look straight ahead and then they still like, you know, think this way or whatever. And they go that direction. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it looks impressive Mm -hmm. when you're looking at someone and they are looking straight ahead and the thing moves, but you don't recognize that it's like your, your little movements with that bit of suggestion Mm -hmm. is enough that you start moving something exactly where yeah. you want it to point. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, if you held it slightly differently, it would do something altogether different. You right. know, if The moment that you squeeze it hard enough that you're aware of it, it's going to start doing other stuff. But mm-hmm. it is absolutely those little movements uh, that you're not aware of mixed with that power of suggestion that causes you to, you know, yeah. move that. And you, nobody thinks they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's nobody up there who is like actively lying and being like, I'm going to turn this. Right. Right. Because then you've you've wrecked your own experiment. Like, you know, you're just if you if you make it happen, then like you're not actually going to get the thrill that you're seeking out of it because you want something to happen outside of you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So you kind of let it happen and you don't know you're doing it mm-hmm. you know and when you get a group of people together doing this like you do with Ouija boards usually it's a number of people with their hands all on that all with their various unconscious movements jarring that you know planchette around it also becomes more difficult to pinpoint who exactly doing it and several people's gestures might be responsible at once again because you have an expectation a desire mm-hmm. if everyone goes you know is there someone here with us and everyone wants that yes, mm-hmm. and everyone's unconscious movements are moving you towards a yes. Again, it's not a lie. It is simply that you have the power of a whole bunch of people's brains mm-hmm. and their muscle movements moving that thing towards that yes. Um, and so, of course, like you said, at the, the power of suggestions, people are already primed with an expectation of what's to happen. Bam, you get results with mm-hmm. it. As we've said, most of the time, this is pretty harmless. <laughs> Right. Everyone leaves with a fun story to tell about uh, how a ghost totes talked to them and no, it had nothing to do with the weed or alcohol at said party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes this shit does go wrong, though, for various reasons that are oh. unrelated to do voices tell. from the grave. <laughs> for example, at a school in Colombia, 
11 students between the ages of 13 and 17 were found by instructor instructors passed out in a corridor. The students were said to have been suffering from abdominal pain and vomiting, along with muscle spasms. The mayor of the town, who didn't rule out the Ouija board as the culprit, said the children were passed out. At the time they were found, they were short of breath and thick drool was coming out of their mouths. Ooh. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um, but medical professionals blamed food poisoning. Right. <laughs> saying the girls had either all consumed water from a container of unknown mm -hmm. origins or uh, perhaps someone had given them some food after they had left a pool earlier. Mm -hmm. Not the Ouija board. No, yeah. Well, Weirdly, and I'm sure, like, they're probably being freaked out uh, certainly made their symptoms feel worse, you right, know, because exactly. they were scared about what, what yeah, might right. be the cause of it. Which leads to another such occurrence, also in Colombia, earlier this year, in March, when 28 girls were hospitalized with anxiety after busting out okay. the Ouija board yeah. for some super cool supernatural times. Mm -hmm. the, their parents were pissed that their kids were allowed to use such a demonic appliance on school <laughs> grounds. Uh, but the school was like, you were being ridiculous. Right. <laughs> this has nothing to do with us. Uh, and Joag listeners will probably recognize this as a likely case of the old mass psychogenic illness. Mm -hmm more precise term for what we often refer to as mass hysteria right the illness again is real that's right. the most important part of mass psychogenic illness it's not nobody's faking right that they're sick they're I, I always liken this to i don't know if you ever did this when you were a kid but you know sometimes i would want to stay home from school maybe i didn't do my homework or whatever I'd be like, oh, I'm sick, but then I'd make myself sick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would actually manifest the symptoms yeah. of being sick. I think as a way my body being like, or my brain, like, feeling guilty for faking it. Yes. And I, responding by doing that. I couldn't get out of schoolwork doing that because I was homeschooled. Ooh, but I did, rough. I would do it for church sometimes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly whatever it whatever you're trying to get out of yeah. um you know you can kind of make yourself sick and that's the thing is like it's real your body is manifesting mm -hmm. those symptoms you might have nausea you might be coughing yeah. you might have a headache whatever so in this case yeah they're not faking this these girls really did have these panic attacks all mm -hmm. of a sudden a huge number of them but it's all coming from inside the house right. there's no external cause for the illness it's basically working oneself up to uh, into it mm -hmm. and it can run rampant in large groups but especially of young girls which you know as i talked about when we talked about my mass psychogenic illness there's no like concrete reason for this but it probably has a lot to do with the socialization of girls yeah into you know empathy mm -hmm. uh feeling other people's feelings things like that makes them more likely to you know when someone else has something happen to them take that on as well yeah that makes sense yeah but that's not the only Ouija related bonkersness that has happened in fact readers digest as well as a few other sites have compiled a list of 10 actual crimes committed oh. supposedly at the behest of the Ouija board um there's one that you will find on any list and to be clear i you know i only checked a few of these out um separately but they do seem to check out the okay. ones that i checked so yeah. these are things um and again they're not blaming the actual ouija board these are just crimes people committed and they said the ouija board did mm -hmm. it 
Um, so one of the ones that comes up everywhere, probably the most famous uh, crime committed because of the Ouija board, um, had to do actually with a couple of indigenous ladies, two mm. Seneca Indian women in the fall of 1929. So the two of them, Nancy Bowen and Lila Jimerson, uh, worked at a reservation school. Um, the uh, Bowen's husband, Nancy Bowen's husband, Charlie, had recently died. And so they decided to use the, the Ouija board to figure out why he had died. And the board told them, they killed me. Mm. The women asked, who? And he spelled out the name Clotilda. And then the killer's address on Riley Street and her description, short, with bobbed hair and missing teeth. Uh, so Jimerson was like, oh, you know, I actually know someone with that name who looks like that. I actually uh, know someone. Yeah, so weird. Wow. Uh, big coincidence. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was Clotilde Marchand, the wife of Henri Marchand, who was a Parisian sculptor and a former student of Rodin, which is wild. Um, and he created nature di dioramas for Buffalo Science Museum. Also, apparently a giant cad okay. who uh, basically said that he like seduced Native American students oh. um, because like they didn't, they're a shy people. And so to get them to like do sculpture well, he had to loosen them up mm -hmm. by seducing them. Um, and apparently Bowen was one of those women that okay. he had seduced, um, but who in either engaged in an affair with him or thought that they were in an affair. Uh -huh. uh, so basically convinced, uh, not Bowen, I meant Jimerson, okay. uh, convinced Bowen, the one whose husband had died, that Marchand's wife had been the one who did it. And that Bowen should go ahead and take out Clotilda. And so she did. Oh my God. She went and beat her to death and then shoved a chloroform filled uh, piece of cloth down her throat. Uh, That's she was then. F yeah. Not the way you want to go. No, no, it seems horrible. Yeah. It seems pretty bad. Pretty horrendous. Uh, and she was found by her child. Her 12-year-old mm. son when he came home from school that day. Ugh, I hate uh, that. Yeah, it, it's pretty awful. So, you know, obviously, uh, people said that they had seen, like, two Native women casing the joint mm -hmm. uh, beforehand um, and, you know, were able to point out that one of his models, Lila Jimerson, had been seen there and they were mm. both taken into custody for that. Um, so, you know, when someone like tells you like maybe you should murder someone because a Ouija board told you to maybe just like question yeah that's kind of that slender man thing too you know yeah like right you know You're just so bl true. blaming or like a, a motive for murder on something supernatural like mm -hmm. yeah yep exactly that uh you know it's like i mean that's when you see like pairs who murder mm -hmm. there's like always like the stronger yeah. manipulative one right. and then the like kind of go along mm -hmm. one 
and and obviously you can tell who that is in this situation and in like the slender man situation and things like mm-hmm. that like people being convinced to do something by right. someone who's just really good at manipulating a situation heavenly creatures that peter jackson movie you know, i've never on... seen it it's one of those yeah i have to but... it's based yeah. on the, the, the real the true st- story yeah yep so yeah it's kind of that same situation I think I even mentioned that in the cast. Oh, no, it wasn't on the cast. Like, the, the one of the women mm-hmm. died. Like, okay, yeah. Two months ago or something okay. like that. And I guess she has since become, like, a writer mm-hmm. yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know? And Pretty bizarre. <laughs> like, some, I think it was her publisher or something like that was like, in the end, like she'll be remembered more for her wonderful books than for what she did in her youth. I was Kinda like, doubt it. bullshit, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice try. <laughs> like, I'm sure she's reformed and done great things, but if we're gonna talk about legacy, all right, come on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots of people uh, write books. Yeah, not right? lots of people, you know, murder someone as a child. So yeah. I'm like, if this if this article had led with author of whatever book, none of us would have read it. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> we read this because it said subject of heavenly creatures. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was why. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, another case happened in 1933. 15-year-old Maddie Turley and her father, Ernest, were trying to shoot a skunk on their property when Maddie shot Ernest twice in the back. Maddie said she had accidentally done it uh-huh. uh, after she'd tripped and fallen, but then once he died, she actually said what happened. Uh, she and her mother had been using a Ouija board, and the Ouija board ordered her to kill Ernest so that her mother, Dorothy, could marry a man who would make her happy. After the Ouija board had spoken, Dorothy assured Maddie she couldn't be arrested for complying with the Ouija board's orders. Oh, my God. So basically, this mother set up this situation and tricked this daughter into. Oh, my God. Isn't that? That is. That's dark. That's so dark. She didn't even have the balls to do it herself. Like, right. Kill your own husband. Yeah. Clips to be taken out of context. (laughs) Kill your own husband. Good grief. Oh my god. I just, yeah, that one's pretty pretty bonkers. Yeah. Um, This is another sort of, like, this is kind of like the Slender Man kind of situation. Uh, In 1983, 16-year-old Bunny Dixon told her 25-year-old boyfriend, Anthony Hall, and another young couple that the four of them had been instructed by a Ouija board to leave their home in Florida, join a carnival in Virginia, and to get the money to fund the trip by robbing and murdering a motorist, which they did. Okay. After accosting and murdering 25-year-old uh, Gok Van Dang, the two couples turned against each other, which led to their arrest. Mm-hmm feels like you know any plan that starts with join a carnival yeah (laughs) the spirits told me like why didn't the spirits tell him to like you know get a 401k or something like that (laughs) like you know it's a great idea they never have good advice it's always like dastardly (laughs) yeah 
this is why it gets a bad reputation because yeah. it's never like yeah telling you what stocks you should invest in <laughs> you know right it's like, like in frequency when he yeah. you know tells him to invest in yahoo or whatever yeah. i want a, an advisor ouija board not someone who's gonna tell yeah, me to, right? to kill you know some rando <laughs> this is why nobody has a problem with the magic eight ball oh, <laughs> magic yeah. eight ball never tells you to kill some guy unproblematic magic eight ball <laughs> here, here respect <laughs> um uh, then there's this one. In 1995, London teen Michael McCallum lured a younger boy, Michael Eeridge, to his apartment to play with a Ouija board. When the board spelled out kill, Eeridge tried to flee, but McCallum stabbed him to death, allegedly because he believed Satan had ordered him to do so. Uh. What was with, like, England and kids murdering kids for a minute there, yeah. by the way? Like... Seems like there's like three at least famous cases, four maybe, mm-hmm. of horrible kid murders. Uh, but apparently, this kid ended up serving his time in a mental hospital. Okay. So he really yeah. may have had. I, like, I don't know if that's just because he's a kid and they were like, sure. "What are you gonna? Are you really gonna charge him for this kind of thing?" But, yeah, his brain's not fully developed. You know, yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Huh. That's that's rough. And in a similar sort of thing, you know, in some cases, like, people ask the Ouija board the question they want to hear. Uh, you know, the, like, two teenage boys, Joshua Tuckard and Donald Shalklin, who in 2007 asked the board if they should become serial killers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sirs, course. my sources say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when the board replied yes... They asked who they should kill first, and the board replied, Mom. Oh, my God. And that's precisely what they did, killing, this is a really hard last name, Shkalklin's Mm -hmm. mother, and also his 13-year-old sister, Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. And though the boys tried to flee, they were arrested and later convicted of murder. It reminds me of that line in Scream that Billy Loomis says where he's like, horror movies don't create serial killers, they just make serial killers more creative. Exactly. That's what that is. Like, Mm -hmm. they had the capacity and the desire to do it already. They just needed something to push them over the edge. Right. And, and like to the point of the scream thing too, like the whole idea of it is like, oh, we're going to blame the movies, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And they think that's going to get them out of it. Yeah. Where these kids are like, we're going to blame the Ouija board and mm-hmm. that's totally going to get us out of this situation, you know, like guys. And also like, it is so bizarre. I mean, it's not, but it is bizarre how many teens kill their parents in mm-hmm. ways like this. Like they convince a friend or whatever to yeah. like do this with them, like I know on the True Crime Campfire podcast, they they do a series that they call like when when nerds kill, mm. I think. And it's basically just like when like just dorky, dumbass teens and stuff like that or like goths who take themselves too seriously and stuff mm-hmm. like that kill people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, like being a teenager sucks. It really yeah. does. But someday you can move out. Right. But your parents will be dead and you'll be in jail for a yeah. really long time. Yeah. Like. It's that, like, it's that, like, teenage confidence, like, that, like, Mm -hmm. oh, nothing bad could ever happen to me, you know? I can get away with, like, there's so many things that kids think that they can get away with because, you know, like, 
like I was saying earlier, your brain's not done developing. And so you don't have like these inhibitions or the, like even the perspective of, right. you know, what the lasting consequences of doing something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. You just like simply cannot wrap your head right. around forever. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. And it's just wild when that like manifests in violence. Yes. To me. Yeah. I sound like someone dropped something outside. <laughs> um, uh, finally, this one is entitled The Ouija Board That Spawned a Killer. Um, Gary Gilmore shot two men to death in Utah in July 1976, when pre uh, then proceeded to demand his own execution for his crimes. It was later revealed by Gilmore's younger brother, Michael, in his book Shot in the Heart, that their mother, Bessie, believed she had conjured a demon spirit through a Ouija board when she was just a child. Bessie believed the demon spirit, spirit had attached itself to her entire family, including her future children. In the case of Gary, Bessie was certain the demon primed him for a life of anger and violence. Gilmore was executed in 1977, and Michael's research for the book was conducted only afterwards, so it can't be confirmed whether Gary himself believed a Ouija board had sealed his fate. Mm -hmm. But, like, if your mom tells you your whole life that she conjured a demon into yeah. you that's going to make you, like, violent and angry... That's got to do a number. <laughs> yeah, that's a rough go. Yeah. <laughs> like, poor guy did not stand a chance. He shouldn't have murdered anyone, no. to be clear. <laughs> but also, you know, like, that his response, like, please just, like, execute me now. Yeah. Like, he was, it's like, self basically suicide prophecy. by cop, essentially. Like, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah, um, all of this... <laughs> is the kind of thing that could come about from uh, the it, the extreme version of the what can come about from these superstitions mm -hmm. and things like that. Largely, listen, it's just fun. If you want to play with a Ouija board or grab the haunted hand or whatever, <laughs> you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be that mm -hmm. wimpy agnostic about it. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But let us know. Please do tell us if you haven't answered already. Are you going to grab the hand? Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. So lovely to see your face, my dear friend. Yes, after a, a few weeks of not getting to connect because of your Indeed. lack of internet connection. Yeah, who would have thought that Portugal and Spain were so disconnected? Yeah. We had, you know, in Portugal, we were staying this great hotel. Mm -hmm. um, we are amongst the many who have now fucked off Airbnb and stay in hotels. And mm -hmm. turns out this has been working out swimmingly for us. Um, stayed in this great hotel, but it was directly above a brew pub, like with an actual brewery oh, cool. in it. Um, this was one of the things that appealed to Keo about yeah, it. Um, awesome. And so like from the balcony, you're actually like, looking into the, um, what do you call where you said, like the patio oh, or sure. whatever yeah. of um, this brew pub. 
And uh, I was like, oh, great. Like, you know, the whole area is super modern. Like, there are a bajillion restaurants, everything. I mean, Porto is amazing. And I think everyone should go there. Um, But the one thing... (laughs) That was a struggle was that like our internet was absolute balls. Mm, Like just you could not you couldn't watch a YouTube video without like this dropping out or whatever. Um, which like largely was fine. Um, as I was telling you before, there's like a ton of American um Mm. channels on TV. So we watched a lot of watched some Fast and the Furious, we watched like various movies and stuff like that while we were there, had a great time. Uh but we were staying in Spain after that at a hotel I had podcasted from four mm-hmm. years ago. So I was like, no problem. We're going to easy peasy yeah. uh, be able to podcast from here. And for whatever reason, <laughs> this time it was balls as well. I, just, I feel like, and this could just be me catastrophizing, but I feel like <laughs> so many things are worse than they used to be and they're it's more true, expensive. Right? Yes, Absolutely. I 100% agree. Like, it's the, you know, someone said on on Blue Sky, like, this is a dumb term. I disagree. It's the enshittification of everything. Yes. Everything is getting worse. We have yes. to pay more. It's stealing our information. Yes. <laughs> like, We're like basically selling pieces of ourselves yes. to exist in the world. Yeah, it's I hate fucked. It. I, yeah, I hate it. So I deeply hate it. Um, and so, yeah, that just led to two weeks of, uh, not really having much access Mm -hmm. to the internet. It was like such a struggle too, because I had like work meetings, like copy editing meetings for Wisecrack. And it was like, you know, our host is like reading things out and I'm like, "Eh, what, what now? Uh." Yeah. (laughs) But hey, listen, uh, super privileged problem to (laughs) be, uh, on vacation and not be able to get enough internet to podcast uh so i am back i am brown mm-hmm. now tan uh, as fuck tan as fuck every t- like at this point i spent so much time in the pool i do tan obviously i'm black mm-hmm. right this time I, this is probably the most time i've spent in the sun like in my life okay. all in one go i have a sun allergy so i get hives mm. and stuff I've yeah been really i get careful that too with, like yeah, yeah careful with like Not sunscreening fun. and all that stuff and taking some antihistamines and all that. But I was like, this is what I want to do with myself. I just want to swim Mm -hmm. and read a book in the pool. That's lovely. A week. And that's what I did. Uh, And so now I am like very dark, uh, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I'm enjoying that. While I was in the pool, I was reading Dracula. This was... So just like explain why I was reading Dracula mm-hmm. in the dead of summer in like 90 degree heat yeah. in a swimming pool. Um, this started back when like Mark and I were finding places that we were going to go visit in England mm-hmm. to tell dark stories about. And um, I was looking at like um, our friend Sam had recommended like the North Yorkshire Moors and how cool and like eerie those were. So I started looking at the North Yorkshire Moors and then I found this place called Whitby. Whitby has a goth festival every year. Oh, I think twice a year, in fact, which I think is amazing. Uh, um, but I also lost... like... <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You, lost... you, you froze for a second, but now you're back. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Sorry. Um, yeah, so they have this goth festival 
twice a year, I believe. Um, but apparently it's like impossible to like get hotels and stuff like that because mm. it's a very small town. Mm-hmm. But Whitby is like the inspiration for okay. Dracula. Um, awesome. And it is where the actual shipwreck uh, in there like that's discussed like happened um, based on a real shipwreck. Um, and like, you know, you can go and you can like look at these locations and stuff that he used that like really inspired this tale and the look and feel of it. Mm-hmm. And so at the time when I was like, oh, maybe we'll go to Whitby. I was like, oh, I'll read Dracula and it'll be really cool to like connect these things. And then mm-hmm. we didn't end up, end up going there because it's mm-hmm. quite far from Bister. And I do hope to get back there, especially now that I am reading Dracula. All this to say that as such, I have been like, I want to read Dracula. I want to read mm-hmm. Dracula and like not had a chance to. And I was like, I'm going on vacation. Perfect It's time. not to Whitby, <laughs> but I will read Dracula. Yeah. I am really enjoying it, and this surprises me. Okay, you know I'm not a big vampire right. person. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know I also I tend to find like the the movie the like um who who directed like the one with like Keanu in it. Oh, um, um yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula was Francis Ford. Coppola, right? Was it Coppola? I yeah, think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not like really into like right. excessively horny movies, <laughs> and <laughs> that one uh, is on its own planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh god. Like, I sure like watched that whole movie. Just like, what is happening it's right so now? It's so beautiful, like, though. It's, I I couldn't. I was just like, I'm so. That's hilarious. <laughs> It was just so weird the entire time. I was just like, it is, this is impossibly horny. I don't understand. <laughs> um, yeah, so that didn't really do it for me. So sure. I really like, and, and I haven't seen like the OG Dracula, like okay. the Universal one. I, I have seen it, but like not in... A long time. Yeah, since college, probably. I I will <laughs> say that, well, obviously I do like the the um, Universal original yeah. Dracula. The Spanish one is, to me, is better. Ooh, and okay. I, I think a lot of, I think there is a, a significant amount of people that do agree with that. Um, yeah, okay. I it, think you might have mentioned this on your, um, one of your grams too. And yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, that's interesting. And then I forgot to look yeah, so more into it. They used to like simultaneously film uh foreign language films and english films on the same set same costumes just different actors and they would do the english ones in the day and the foreign ones at night and we've Uh lost most of them um we just don't have them anymore but we do have Mm -hmm. the spanish dracula and like the shots are better because they were looking at the dailies from you know yeah original (laughs) fixing and fixing things the lighting is better i think the pacing is better it's it's a little different not too different but it's a little different and i think it works a lot better so okay yeah i say check out the the spanish version i think it's excellent absolutely do that yeah Uh, because i mean that's the thing is like so because i mean kind of like my biggest picture of dracula is the the coppola one and kind of like, the, I mean, that's the thing about vampire stuff, right? Is like pretty much any movie you see of vampires is like a lot of sex and blood yeah. intertwined, which is just simply not my thing. I'm yeah. not a sex and violence person melded <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so vampires just simply don't super appeal to me. Sure. The way that the book is written as sort of letters and diary mm-hmm. entries and things like that, I think is like very harrowing. So you're like very invested in the emotional state of these characters Mm -hmm. you know exactly what they're thinking and feeling and so like the opening you know 
quarter of the book or whatever as you're like watching Jonathan Harker like realize he's <laughs> trapped here mm-hmm. like and like this going from oh this is kind of odd it feels like this guy who owns this place is also the guy who drove me here. Like, yeah. That's yeah. kind of weird like, uh-huh. you know, to like, holy shit, I'm stuck in here. And now there's like a date of my death. Like, yeah. Like that is like a wild journey to follow. Um, you've got Renfield in the insane mm-hmm. asylum doing crazy things. And the guy watching him kind of like interested, but like also this guy might kill somebody. Yeah. You've got like, of course, the boat core enthusiast I am. Mm-hmm. You've got the wreck of the Demeter, which, fuck me. As soon as I finished the chapter, I went online and I was like, has anyone written a book or movie oh, yeah. <laughs> about well, this? Because I want to know the whole story. Good news. <laughs> good news. In five days uh-huh. from when we record, the last voyage of the Demeter <laughs> comes out. I am so excited right now. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. I finished... This is the horror imagery of that chapter because it kind of starts in the chapter before um, where I think that Mina is the one who is describing this, that they're in Whitby um, and this ship washes up Mm -hmm. um, and they've kind of been watching it. It's been on the horizon. There's big storms like, oh God, this thing, these people are going to die or whatever. The ship washes up and you've got like the, the... there, someone is tied to the front of the ship um, and they see that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like, Such a horrifying image. Horrifying yeah. image. And then the next chapter, you get to see that captain's diary of what led to him uh, being tied up there as the people on the ship are disappearing yeah. and they're starting to you know, lose their minds as a result of this and yeah, the threat you know, of mutiny. I've never read the whole thing, um, but you are very, very much making me want to, like, literally, after it. we're done with this, like, I feel like I want to go start reading it, because it's just, yes, like, check I love it out the, the library. story already. It's so good. Yeah, so yeah. I need to actually read, like, yeah. the OG, you know? Yeah, I think you'll like it, because I think you said before, you were like, you weren't ready yeah. when you I was initially attempted. <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah. it really is, like, it's not an easy book, per se, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's not something, like, I think if I had attempted to read this in high school or something like that I would have been like fuck this noise yeah um you know it takes some work getting through it and all that kind of stuff but like yeah it's really like you really get inside the minds of these people and it's really spooky Mm -hmm. in that way to like see people discover their fates as they're happening or what's happening to other people it's a blast if you haven't read Dracula that's your homework that's your homework, um, especially because today kind of what we're doing is, you know, we started with our opening. <sighs> we are sick of summer. Sick of it. Sick I, I, of this. I've been sick of it. I've been <laughs> sick of summer for a hot second. And I when I say hot, like <laughs> literally, it's supposed to get up to 107 this week. And I in Portland. Yeah, and I'm like already like preemptively dead over it. Like I just Oh my god. Yeah. Thankfully it's not a day that I have to go to work, so I'm just gonna be yeah. inside like doing Wait, okay. nothing. On top of like, you know, the enshitification of everything, the climate enshitification yes. too. Like when I lived in, in Portland, it was like, oh no, it's like going to be like an insane heat wave. It's uh-huh. eighty seven degrees. Yeah. 
No, that's been the norm. 87 like, has been the norm for the last several ugh. weeks. Um, Jeez, and like, God. also, our grass is brown and <laughs> crunchy. Like, so we got wild. rain yesterday for the first time, and I want to say over a month. You know, that's and I moved month. here partially because I love rain, and I was promised yeah, exactly. rain. You know, and like, you know, yeah. Stephen loves to point out that it did rain all winter, and like, yeah, but that was months ago. Yeah, like, right. I want exactly. rain Where are now. the summer thunderstorms? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah yeah so yeah fuck fuck climate change real hard yeah it's like i mean that's the crazy thing is that like you can see it over time you know and it's like the places that i lived or the places i grew up and everything the climate is entirely different you know (laughs) like not having rain through a whole summer or 107 degree heat Mm -hmm. holy shit so you know do you have air conditioning in your place we do we are very fortunate um because i i i wouldn't be able to handle it like without and so many people don't have air conditioning we didn't Um, when i lived there like i mean you know i i work at the library a library here and one of my um co-workers was telling me how a couple years ago when they had the really intense heat wave like hundreds and hundreds of people Mm -hmm. were just dying because yeah the infrastructure here is not able to yeah at all and you know same with the snow there too like because it didn't used to snow either right yes this has been a temperate historically a temperate area that hasn't needed those resources but now like we had extreme snow this last year we're having extreme heat this summer you know it's it's not it's not ideal and yeah, yeah we're it's just like i've I've kind of, and maybe this is only as a result of, like, things getting warmer and all that kind of stuff, but, like, for years, I've basically held the belief that we all think we like summer because (laughs) when we were kids, we got it off. And it's, like, we never fully, like, process as adults (laughs) that, like, it's summer sucks now because you still have to work like Mm -hmm. a normal person but like if you have kids now your kids are home so you're trying to work and you have kids in your house all the time it's a million degrees out like Mm -hmm. there's there's no there's no plus the ideal summer doesn't exist anymore no if it still did i could understand but we don't we don't get that or at least not very many places do yeah so summer blows and i have noticed and it increased, like, I think this summer more than usual. Maybe this is also, like, the kind of La Nina weather as well, mm. just adding to the climate change problem and all that stuff that, like, also, <laughs> this is an extreme weather cycle right now that's making everyone miserable. Um, so I've noticed a lot of people on social media, like, being, like, October in their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen yeah. so many, like, people starting to post, like, what they're buying for their uh, Halloween decorations uh-huh. and all of that kind of stuff. Costume um, ideas are already being discussed. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, I don't normally dress up for Halloween, but I think this year I'm going to be Willow Nightingale, the wrestler from oh, AEW. Oh, awesome. That's like, if great. you look at Willow Nightingale, like... That's me, for one thing. She looks like me. Awesome. Um, and her uh, tagline is, nothing matters, smile anyway. Oh, like, that's so perfect. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is me as a wrestler. But yeah, I have to figure awesome. out, I, I'm not a costume person. Sure. So I will probably pick your brain on how to yeah. uh, janky put together a costume. Totally. But anyway, 
we decided to embrace this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this episode uh, is just, we're just going to pretend that it is Halloween right now, if yeah. you don't mind. We're going to just act like it is Halloween time. We're going to think about Halloween. Mm-hmm. We're going to place ourselves in the Halloween mindset. We've started talking about Ouija boards and all of that kind of stuff. We talk about some of our grown-up Halloween traditions. Mm-hmm. We can talk about some Halloween history uh, and some of our like new favorite Halloween flicks. Not the classics we've all been watching forever, uh, but some of the like ones maybe you don't think of, or maybe that are like hot off the presses that you aren't watching on Halloween yet, but probably mm-hmm. should be. And just yeah, like just go there, go to that place in our minds. Yeah, it's like that one vine of that adorable little girl who is, like, still adorable. Like, she still makes videos and stuff, but she's like, it's always Halloween in my soul. And, like, that's been my... <laughs> Sounds like one of Ryan's kids. Right? That's, that has <laughs> been my, like, mantra ever since I, like, saw that video. It's like, yeah, I kind of just always carry spooky season with me in my yes. heart. Exactly that. Like, and, my and- Halloween decorations are up all year long. I have like a my thing with that is that I do need to take stuff down because I need for it to be like special sure you know in my brain I have Uh to have like oh this is the season or Mm -hmm. otherwise I get used to it and I'm like no it needs to be like I have like a distinct period of time Uh where I'm like yes this is my time to thrive right Christmas is like that for me where I like for it to be very contained exclusive I love it I love the decorations I love the celebration but I want it to be like contained to that area like Halloween does not ever lose that spark for me nice yeah Yeah. I just I'm always excited for it well it's definitely like the time of year I look forward to most sure yeah all year you know like like generally basically the way I always look at things like from my birthday which is september 9th to new year's i'm a pretty happy camper yeah you know you've got <laughs> like, a great lineup there of yeah fun like stuff everything to is do. coming up millhouse throughout that entire sort of period because it gets like holiday after holiday I oh say, i said it again symptoms. didn't i simpsons <laughs> simpsons yes i'm now going to realize that i say that more than i realize um, and i will know what it means and you will know what it means um but yeah like that whole period i really like and so it's like the yeah, I just love the, especially now that I live where there are seasons again, as mm-hmm. opposed to when I was in California and it was just different shades of summer yeah. all year long. Yeah. Um, like now, because like the leaves start falling mm-hmm. off and it gets cool and crisp and everything, I'm like, oh, I love that so much and yeah. setting up my stuff outside. Also, my husband doesn't love my Halloween decorations. Oh, so I see. <laughs> they absolutely have a shelf life. Yeah. As well. Like pretty much as soon as November rolls around, like I think this year he gave me like a week or two. Aww. <laughs> and then he put them away. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I think they got extended because of the um we went to Tennessee for the Dead and Lovely meetup. Oh, right. And that was yeah, like yeah, that yeah. gave me like an extra week. Nice. Love that. <laughs> it's like there we go. Um, but yes, that's what we're going to do today. But of course, first, we're going to talk about what we've watched, which obviously some included some narrowing. <laughs> yes, because it's been several weeks. So this could be we've already spent an hour on the cold open. We don't need to be spending three on our no. <laughs> what we watch. But we are going to go through some of the, the things that stood out to us mm-hmm. over the past few weeks. So so why don't you start, Anna? OK, yeah. Um. 
so I let's see which one should I start with I watched the fall um (gasps) and I put this on my list because I saw that you had rated it so highly so I thought we should talk about it um (laughs) oh man it I was floored by how gorgeous. To be clear, this is the Lee Pace, The Fall. Yes, correct. Ninety-seven thousand. Tarsem Singh, um, two thousand six, I think, is when it came out. Here's the thing about this movie. So I've been wanting to to watch it um, for a few months now because I saw in a list of movies that I liked a lot of the other ones, and then I saw that all of my friends who have logged it on Letterboxd like rave about it. Yeah. Um, and so we we checked at Movie Madness, um, the video store here. And they were like, yeah, we don't have it. And it's out of print. Yeah. It's like impossible right. to find. So I I did I did what I should should have done first, but I've just been out of practice for a while. I, I looked at the <laughs> library. Yeah. And the library had it on Blu-ray. Oh, amazing. Um, and so we were able to watch it. And like it's basically like I don't I don't want to give it too much away, but it's kind of a story within a story type of, of deal. And you have like this this character telling this story to a younger character and so we see the real world but then we also see what her imagination of the story looks like and yeah. it's so beautiful it's, it's go- gorgeous the costumes are amazing the sets are incredible this the performance the, the little girl from what i read it was mostly like uh, not yeah. scripted yeah, like and she it, didn't speak English very well, so yeah, it's like all Romanian. very like genuine. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, and it was just so gorgeous and so beautiful. And I'm definitely going to have to like see if I if I ever can get like my hands on it, yeah. a copy of it to definitely grab that because I I could watch it over and over. Like it yeah. was just so so great. Yeah, it was once upon a time. Like probably, well, it wasn't 2006. It was I was after I graduated from college. I was married at the time, so it was like probably 2009. For a period, it was on Netflix. Okay, and yeah. so like I would watch it all the time, even though it also was like heart wrenching and like yeah. so emotional to watch and everything. But worth like, it, absolutely worth yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things that I think like me and my friends watched it because we were all into pushing daisies. So okay. we were like, oh, Lee oh yeah, isn't yeah, a thing. Yeah. And then we're just like, whoa, yeah. Holy shit. So if you can get your hands on the fall, I think, you know, because uh, I could not find it. My library did not have it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I got Al to steal it for oh, me. Oh, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> and so now I have are, it on Plex. are an option, too. Um, you yeah, know, usually so that, like, 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 99% of the time, the, like, interlibrary loan has whatever I'm uh-huh. looking for. And just wow. in the, like, systems that they're going, yeah. that they use did not have it <laughs> it's like this never happens yeah God. Uh, that but sucks. yeah now i at least can watch it Yay. there until such a time that hopefully we will be able to buy it legally right. again right. at which point that blu-ray is going on the shelf absolutely sure. yeah because watch the wow. fall if you haven't and can mm-hmm. get a hold of it <laughs> yeah check you your libraries it. people mm-hmm. yes um yeah i already told you i watched the invitation that uh-huh. was you know mm-hmm. Markanized movie of the week uh, this week and the invitation uh, yeah is I mean I described it already <laughs> you know mm-hmm. these people coming to this party and getting culty very intense. Um, and it's just yeah it's very tense and it's not the kind of thing that I think 
I generally like, you know, I'm not like a big drama person and stuff like that. And a lot of it is sort of like people working through trauma and drama, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, lots of uh, relationship issues and dealing with their pasts and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But I do love a cult. So that's always fun. Um, And yeah, it just it plays out really well, I think, Mm -hmm. like just the arc of this story um, kind of going from your like college friends drama to things getting batshit by the end of mm-hmm. it is like just kind of perfectly perfectly put together yeah um, and so i always it's a nice little you know almost single uh location yeah uh, mm-hmm. tight cast of characters you know very yeah. intimate um yeah. which just serves to like heighten how how tense you know it is <laughs> yeah, the whole exactly. time Big recommend if you haven't seen that. Yeah. That's one of those ones that, like, if I look at the letterboxed, you know, everyone likes it. It, You know, mm-hmm. some people it's, like, straight five-star movie, you know, but, like, everyone at least is, like, this is a solid watch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What else you got? Um. Oh, so we watched Becky. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and we had a blast. Right? It, it, it was so fun. I can't Home believe... Home alone I, but violent. Yes, I can't believe that more people haven't like told me to watch this movie yeah like right yeah it's crazy like and also so like just personal notes um like the the, there was a pride event um in my hometown uh like a couple weeks ago and a a shit ton of nazis showed up to protest and so like in becky you know seeing nazis get the shit just absolutely fucking kicked out of them is so cathartic Yes, and like hugely i love a nazi fucks around and finds out movie like yes <laughs> very Agreed. very good super fun the the actress who i cannot remember her name right now it's like but lulu something lulu wilson maybe? that sounds right yeah i think it's um lulu wilson. yeah you know like i'd seen her in a haunting of hill house mm-hmm. and um another mike flanagan joint i think the ouija origins and like she's right. a really great upcoming, you yeah. know, horror actor. So, yeah, yeah. I'm future very, screen queen on our hands. Yeah, we're very excited to watch Wrath of Becky. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I definitely want to get around to that one too. It's like I think I mentioned. I'm like it's like six ninety nine to rent or something like yeah. that. And it's I'm hoping it's worth it because right. <laughs> Becky is so much fun. Um, we won't obviously go into details on what that movie is because we just talked about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, great. Home Alone but gory kind yeah. of situation where Nazis get their shit fucked up. Yep. By a child. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> no notes. No notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, this was like my big endeavor this week. Uh, so while in Spain, being the person I am who simply will walk places mm-hmm. if it seems even vaguely feasible, I walked three miles across... <laughs> Barcelona. Wow. In like probably an area that wasn't great once I started walking. But then I was like, what am I what am I gonna call an Uber now? Like I've committed. Uh walked across like an industrial yeah. wasteland of yeah. Barcelona to get to a mall so I could watch Barbie. Because <laughs> everyone else had yes, seen it. That was on my list too to talk yeah, about. Um and that wasn't even like that's uh, when I got there, I also realized so 
the reason I went so far away, even though there was actually a movie theater directly across the street from uh, my hotel, was that it's one of a few theaters in Barcelona that does um, English, okay. the original ver- version, and yeah. then, uh, Spanish or Catalan subtitles. Sure. Um, the theater right by me had Catalan uh, voice Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. do not speak Catalan. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, "That's not gonna work." Um, so I hiked across town, and when I got there, I was like, "Oh, also Haunted Mansion is playing. I'm gonna do like a double feature day." Yeah, awesome. Um, except that Haunted Mansion oh, was right. trash. Yeah, that's what I saw. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, I so didn't. Bad. I did not have high expectations for it. <laughs> Um, I don't, I but I kind of did, did because then yeah. when I heard it was bad, I was disappointed. Even though, right, like, yeah, it's I like didn't... then you realize you yeah. wanted it to be good. Yeah, like, it's got like such a great cast. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, like Keith Stanfield is like insanely hot in this mm-hmm. movie. This like okay. maybe the hottest I've ever seen. Lakeith, <laughs> I'm definitely still gonna watch it. Like... Yeah, like it kind of feels like you have to, right? right? Yeah. Um, and like, but the thing about this movie is it just kind of it is somehow two hours long and yet doesn't let you sit and like understand these characters mm. at all. It just kind of like dives into the story or whatever yeah. um, really quickly. And so everyone is like very surface level in it. And like, there's all this like tragic backstory and all this kind of stuff, but it's like barely grazed <laughs> in this. Yeah. It feels like way too much of a service, like fan service to people who love the ride. And that's from someone who loves this ride and loves fan service to that ride. Yeah. Um, it's like, it feels like they, they were too committed to building this movie around the ride. Okay. Which the 03 movie, which I am a giant apologist same, for. Same, same. Yeah, I love the 03 Me too. One. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Gosh. No, I, I love genuinely, that movie. I This is a movie that I think that, like, the narrative became its trash, and most people who say that have not seen it. Like, mm-hmm. or yeah. if they have, I'm like, because even at, like, the worst, like, watch of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's for children. Yeah. It's a children's movie. Yeah. And it is Ugh. a very fun, spooky children's yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> right? That also, like, deals with, like, race and class mm-hmm. and, like, you know, this, like, kind of really and, heavy story. And familial, story. like, drama. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, and, and you like, get to yeah. know. I was So what I did is I watched the 23 one. Uh-huh. And then I watched the 03 one. And then I watched Muppets. I was like, okay, I'm just going yeah. all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a, I'm a Haunted Mansion super fan. Yeah. So I watched the, the 03 one. And that's the thing. I said to Keo, like, I was like. the first 20 minutes of this movie is establishing this family right Mm -hmm. so we understand like evers and evers real estate and like why that causes strife in the family (laughs) exactly (laughs) like oh it's so cute like how is that not an adorable children's movie thing that why the family has strife in it Uh these problems of this like you know upper middle class coming up yeah black family and all this uh, you know, you've established like what the kids are like. You mm-hmm. have kind of like a fearless older um, girl and a boy who is like struggling with a ton of anxiety yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you know, all these things that like build up so you understand the family before you then get to the mansion, mm-hmm. which has a perfectly good reason why they're there. Yes. Um, 
And yes. then, you know, everything sort of unfolds from there into this story that ends up being, like I said, about race and class and stuff mm-hmm. like that, while also resolving the dynamic of the family and making them realize what's important. It's that is so a perfect good. kids Halloween movie. Yes. Like you're sitting here describing it and it's like making me like so excited. Now I just <laughs> want to watch right? it. Yes. Like every time I think about wanting to watch it, I watch it and I'm not disappointed. Yeah. And I just don't understand where this like, God, it was garbage oh, narrative comes from. people just want to be from. haters. You know, yeah, probably like, maybe what happened is like people now who don't like it saw it as like a, a teenager. Like it's just like the right, exact like when it wasn't wrong cool. moment mm-hmm. in their development. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Or I don't know. Yeah. Who and knows? See, yeah. I, like, I just don't understand. Like, like I can understand being meh about it. Right. Sure. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand the like, it's trash narrative. That doesn't yeah. make any sense to it's me. It's no more trash than If you don't like a kid's it, movie. Right. All man, all other sorts of like Disney movies and stuff are way worse. <laughs> yes. Um, and like I felt like with that one, like it used the ride well. So like mm. there's stuff that like you Easter egg if you know of, it, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, this is from that or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, where it felt like the 23 one was like, we need to make this the exact storyline of the ride and like kind of forcing all of that in there where also somehow you never, the ghosts don't talk. (laughs) They're not like, there's, they're not really a part of the story. They're just kind of like there as a looming threat in the background, except for Jared Leto ghost. Mansion. It's just mansion. Yeah. That is haunted. And the ghosts like exist. Yeah. But, like, they're not, they don't have personalities or anything like that. Well, yeah, God damn and it. it feels like it's like they used the ghost effects that I loved from Ghostbusters Answer the Call, mm-hmm. but like poorly, oh. like worse. <laughs> so Ugh. it just it did not work for me. Uh, but of course, then I watched Muppets Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. which is obviously like very service to the ride, like yeah. hugely. But it's my two favorite Muppets mm-hmm. <laughs> doing the ride. Yeah. And like, I know it did not hit for a lot of people. And I get that. But I am the target audience for yeah. that. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. And it's like, it's not that long. So it's like, it's, right. it's not a big commitment or anything. <laughs> Spend like... 50 minutes with, you know, a prawn and an alien yeah. wandering through <laughs> a haunted house with Joe Bluth. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good time and it's yeah. got a lot of fun little nods to the ride that I think are very cute and when mm-hmm. I'm watching it like because it's just the Muppets and it's usually just me I can sit there talking with it sure. you know and not annoy anybody yeah. so <laughs> uh, that's my ranking here is definitely 03 mm-hmm. Muppets 23 of Haunted Mansions yeah I I think I'll I'll probably agree with you even though I haven't seen <laughs> the new one yet but barbie yeah i don't feel like there's anything in it for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyways go on (laughs) well i was gonna say but barbie though like i mean what were your thoughts on um i liked it i I don't think i loved it as much as everyone else did okay i think it probably the fact that i saw it like a week and a half after everybody probably you know, mm. made it so like I'd seen some of the jokes and stuff beforehand. Sure, they didn't hit as as well. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. And, and here's the thing that like I'm mad at myself and a little mad at the filmmakers about, but like that kind of hindered my love of this the way other people did. I think the best and funniest and most surreal parts of the movie that I really loved mm-hmm. are all the men 
okay. in it. Yeah. And I felt like Barbie wasn't given a lot to do, nor like America Ferrera and her daughter, except mm-hmm. be kind of like the emotional core yeah. of it. Where like Ken gets like an arc arc. You get yeah. to see his whole journey. Yeah. And like even like the um the Mattel CEOs. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so fucking weird. And every time they were on screen, I was delighted. Like, yeah. the way they all moved together yeah. and stuff like it was that. Like I was hive like, mind. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And, like, I loved all that stuff the best. And so I was a little disappointed that I didn't feel, like, as attached to the Barbies sure. as okay. I did to the yeah. Kens. That makes sense. But I did still really like it. I had yeah. a really, I mean, I still 3.5'd it. That's a really good Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's yeah, a good yeah. time. I would watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, how about I, you? I loved it. I... I had such a great time with it. Like, and also because like sitting there kind of noticing all of the call, like the inspirations that I could like Mm -hmm. tell where she was drawing inspiration from in like so many different areas and stuff. And I even like afterwards watched a video of her talking. Like, I think she goes through 33 movies that inspired (laughs) the, the art direction um, of so many, so much of, of the movie. And just like from a production standpoint, like, I I so admire and appreciate the the love of cinema, yeah, yeah, the time absolutely. and effort, like the the eye for, you know, the shots and the colors and and like yeah, I just Absolutely. You know, she's she Greta Gerwig is such a fan of like golden age Hollywood and you have so yeah. many of these beautiful gorgeous movies coming out that and so it was like so fun to get to see someone who's been inspired by that and and then yeah. is putting it into and you know I've seen some of her other movies and like I like I like them well enough but this mm. feels different like right, it yeah. just feels like a like like this could launch her into like so much more yeah, totally. Then she's to, and to be able to then able use to those like auteur chops yeah. on future things because she's shown right. like what she can do. Like, she doesn't, doesn't have feel... a blank check from now on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like like you know somebody made a movie to make money. It feels like somebody mm-hmm. made a movie because they love movies, right? And yeah, exactly that just like I think partially just that was also what made me have yes. such a fun time because it was like an event. You know, I was in a packed theater yeah, and the theaters yeah. are still packed for that movie yeah like, i mean i was in a packed theater in spain and right. i could tell that the reason it was packed like everyone in that theater spoke spanish this mm-hmm. it wasn't like i thought it was gonna be tourists and immigrants you know yeah. nope it was clearly that the uh spanish and catalan ones were sold out so these yeah. people went to the <laughs> you know the mm-hmm. english du- uh subtitled one mm-hmm. instead like yeah. so it's and a phenomenon, I, and I love that. I also love, like, just the conversations that it's inspired, because, you know, mm-hmm. people are really talking about it, and, like, and and I, I know some people feel like it doesn't go deep enough into feminism, sure, and then other right. people are like, well, but this is a great springboard for people who yeah. don't have that background, you know, like, yeah. I just... People forget whether, that not everyone's from Twitter. Right, <laughs> right. And, like, whether yeah. or not, you know, somebody may think that it could have used more or less, right. uh, you know whatever like i i think that the fact that it's making people talk about it is awesome and it's yeah. like that's what we need like a, a piece of media doesn't have to be all things to all people it's just right. enough to get the conversation started and that's great yes so exactly like they're not looking you know to not everything is aimed a again at people who are on twitter or people right. with like phds and gender studies and things right. like that like you have to recognize most of america 
like a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff is new. Right. You know, they and don't I, have the like words to speak on certain yeah. topics and things like that, or they just want to be seen. You know, right. to like like gosh, this is a struggle that right. I right exactly. Deal and with. like also, like I don't need to be preached at. Like right. I need to be empathized with. <laughs> yeah, and I think the movie does. Like, it, it does a little bit of, like, educating, I guess. But, right. like, it does a lot of just empathizing. And, like, right. this yeah, exactly. is the situation. We're just going to put it out there. This is what it's like. And it yeah. sucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's the thing where, like, not to give, like, oxygen to all the, like, neckbeards or whatever who <laughs> hated it or things like that. And so it was anti-man. But I think, like, just on, a, on that level, the thing that people who interpret it as anti-male or mm-hmm. things like that, like aren't they're not recognizing what the other people who have made this movie a billion dollars have recognized which Mm -hmm. is like this sucks for all of us right yeah yeah it's a bummer Mm -hmm. to be a ken or a barbie or an alan (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know like uh we've we've got this shit set up poorly right and you know being able to sort of see it these systemic um, you know cause of these symptoms that we see if you think this is anti-man then you are looking at the world that you live in Mm -hmm. and realizing that it is anti-woman and that's making you upset you know and what that should be is like a thing that makes you like reckon Mm -hmm. with it you know that makes you go like yeah it's this patriarchy thing (laughs) like Mm -hmm. makes it it clearly sucks for women but look at all the ways in which it's also stifling men exactly and that's ultimately like you know, what so many conservative talking points come down to is being afraid that men are going to act like women, you know, if yeah. and, and like how sad is that is to think that like at men's core, they might want to not be like this. Yeah. And we have yeah. to enforce them being this way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what it's getting at is right. like, that's sad. Yeah. Just let them do their thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, yeah wasn't my you know didn't like hit me as hard as it did for a lot of people but i think it's like you said like i mean you're looking at a true artist who loves movies making art and that's beautiful to watch Mm -hmm. and it clearly spoke to a lot of people i think the experience of it is wonderful anyway Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah real quick uh i know we're going on but like um we watched also face off for dead and lovely (laughs) And nice. I, I had only seen half, half of it, I think. Um, I and I didn't movie. like it when I first watched it. Um, <laughs> but watching it again now was bonkers. And like the I mean, one it's thing. It's John Travolta and Nicolas Cage at like their most yes, unhinged. Yes. Like the one thing that I do want, cause I know everyone, like everyone's seen this and I don't need to like, <laughs> I don't need to like sell face off. But like the thing right. that was so interesting to me was that like, when they're playing each other, they're both great, but mm-hmm. it feels like John Travolta is doing Nick Cage, mm-hmm. and it feels like Nick Cage is doing Sean Archer, the character. Sure, right, yeah. So it's yeah. like, they're both awesome, yeah. <laughs> and I love it, but it's just so interesting to see the yeah. difference in how they approach playing the other person. Mm-hmm. Like John Travolta is definitely doing a Nick Cage impersonation. Yeah, right. But Nick Cage is trying to be the character that John Travolta is playing. Right, so yeah. yeah, that was just like a fun. fun yeah, thing. it's. A fa- I'm always fascinated by that stuff. Like, did you ever watch Dollhouse? Huh. So it's a Joss Whedon joint from like 2008, 2009, somewhere in that general vicinity. I think. I think it was after. 
I think it was after I graduated from college. Maybe it was when I was in college. But basically, Eliza Dushku uh, plays a doll in this sort of like doll factory. And they're like blank. And they like load them with hard drives, okay. essentially, that rich people can then pay to uh, rent these dolls who will be their like perfect woman or okay. like whatever they want to do yeah. like with these dolls. Uh-huh. Um, and this was the first I ever saw like Fran Kranz in something, Enver Jokai in that. And both of them, like at various points, like so there's an episode where Fran Kranz ends up getting like uh, Enver Jokai's like personality in him or whatever and he acts him perfectly okay and it is like it's so bonkers to watch and I've always I'm always fascinated by the way people impersonate other people but where it's not like an impression right because like if you're watching SNL or something like that like any person who does impressions will tell you oh you pick out like isms right Right. pick out certain things Mm -hmm. and as long as you hit those notes yeah everyone recognizes it's that person yeah but when you can kind of like inhabit yeah like just fully embody someone that way like that is incredible yeah Um, yeah so, so yeah, impressive I, yeah yeah so face off is really fun like that dollhouse mm-hmm. is really fun like that um you know fuck joss whedon forever of course but right. that show was <laughs> was a jam cool <laughs> um anything else we got um all? yeah uh so i just wanted to mention thunder road because i know you uh, like jim cummings a lot i do love jim cummings um i don't know have you seen thunder road i have seen Thunder okay road, yes yeah um so weird so so he he is so great at nailing this character where you feel sorry for him and yet he's a piece of shit he's awful he's just terrible and but i I think that's why he likes playing cops yes yeah (laughs) i like that because it allows me to kind of like wrestle with that same dynamic Mm. that i have relationships with people who are can be very difficult but I have to remember that they are a person who have, you know, and have things going on. And I, I need to hold grace in my, in my interactions with them because of that. So like, and he's Mm. so good at like writing that line of, yeah, he's an asshole, but I, I, I'm not being turned off of this experience because he's just human enough that like it's not yeah. it's not overwhelming to sit and watch a feature length and it is him right. it's almost a one-man show like he yeah. really mm-hmm. carries the film yeah which is how um, it started out as a short too same yes. sort of yeah. thing too so mm-hmm. yes yeah. it's I mean, basically <laughs> about a guy who kind of he loses his mom and that's where this the, the movie starts at the funeral and then we kind of see his like mental progression digression like i don't know whatever Mm. like just everywhere he goes after that um spiraling uh and it's it's sad but it was really good um yeah and then the one other one i wanted to mention um is kuso which is a horror movie on shutter that oh, is this the one that you said was like the grossest thing you'd ever it, seen? It's not the gross. I think Human <laughs> Centipede Two is probably the grossest okay. uh, movie that I've seen, and I do, I do like that movie. <laughs> but yeah, um, I recall, yeah, yeah. But um, but but this I would say is in like probably the top five, like just grossest visually. Mm. Um, like it's not like it's scary. It's not scary right, or anything. Yeah. Um, but it it, it like I. I think I said it like this on Instagram. The best way I can think of to describe it is like seeping. 
It's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it reminded yeah, me. Yeah, that's a horrible word. I was yeah. like, how do I skip past this faster to get that word out of I'm my so brain? Sorry. <laughs> but like, that's what it, and I love, I love the body horror. Like, I love yeah. the practical effects. There's some amazing stop motion in it. Um, it's not all stop motion, but like, there's just, it, but it's, was, it is when, vile. When it is a vile movie. Yeah, when but I you loved described it. this on your Instagram, I almost felt like every like video was like a warning directed <laughs> at me. It's like stop motion. It's seeping. Yep. It's, I was like, it's like she's talking to me. Like this Don't one's do not it. for you. Corrigan. Don't do it, Corey. <laughs> don't do it you're not gonna have a good time i it's not a movie that i feel like i really could recommend to a lot of people it's just something that i i i would just like put out my experience out there and then let people decide if they think that that's for them or not because you said it's shutter right it is on yeah it's on shutter um i think it may be also on like canopy or one Uh, of those other like i don't know but um yeah if you have shutter it's kind of an anthology um it's very gross don't yell at me if you watch it and you're like this is disgusting uh it is disgusting and that's why i like it so how do you spell kuso uh k-u-s-o it's from 2017 i know you said that already but got it yep i'll avoid it but dear listener if that's your bag you found your thing right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) well let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. The Huns. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about some Halloween. Yay. Here. Uh, as we listen, it's all being in theme. Also, as I was mentioning with all that Haunted Mansion stuff, that was 100% part of my like getting into the Halloween spirit as well. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like once I watched that one, which was a disappointment, I'm yeah. kind of glad it came out in July. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, Haunted Mansion 03 and Muppets Haunted Mansion are deeply Halloween for me and I'm in mm-hmm. that zone so that was Same. part of why I watched them yeah um let's talk first about your Halloween book oh sure yes got okay. from the library yeah because I'm very curious about uh I think that I may have like you showed me the cover mm-hmm. and I was like I feel like I may have taken this out of the library when I was a child. And then you were like, it was written in 19- 1990. I was yep. like, yeah, I'm going to say I probably did. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about this book. Yeah. So I I, I grabbed it real quick when I was at work um, to just kind of like, because it, it's a it's a Halloween, an American holiday and American history is the subtitle. Mm. Um, and like, you know, so many Halloween books at the library are like, yours at like 10,000 recipes that, you know, it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, I could have thought of, you know, putting ketchup on a cut up hot dog to look like, you know, whatever. Anyway, so. What's that to look like, Anna? (laughs) Have you not seen, like, the cut up, like, you know, hot dogs with, like, ketchup looking like blood? It's like fingers or whatever. Fingers. Yeah, it's, like, gross. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, so I got this because it was actually, like, history of traditions and like where how halloween came to america and stuff you know because like i kind of just think of it as like it's always this is it's just always been a thing but like right it's it's you know it's not and um like just seeing how like each decade kind of like introduces a new element like the Ooh. book talked about how trick-or-treating which now is synonymous with yeah. halloween was one of the last 
elements that we still do that to come into existence as part huh. of the holiday. Um, like that wasn't really a thing until like the fifties. And I was going to guess it, the fifties. Yeah. I was thinking like mass, mass marketed candy and things uh-huh. like that, like suburbs. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. now you've got people all living in proximity, mm-hmm. safe places to walk and right. Well, and, know, but part of it stuff. was that they were trying to get ahead of mischief makers by having activities to keep them occupied during Mm -hmm. halloween because um like up until like before like the 30s you know people were just like prank pranking and there was there were you know adults would have parties and stuff um but it wasn't until like later that like the 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 pranks started kind of escalating and local governments started being like you know what you know, we're going to come up with something for these kids to do to keep them out of (laughs) trouble. And like, I understand that to a certain point, but in like, apparently in New York and just like a disclaimer, I didn't cross reference or cross check any of this. Um, I'm just going off of the book. So we're just hoping she didn't pull it out of her ass. Right. Right. But apparently in New York at one point, cops actually enlisted young boys as kind of a militia to keep other kids from mischief (laughs) You know, so it's so like just a bunch of kid bullies. Narcs. Yeah, basically nice. getting Hall monitors. Get, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then they would do, you know, like harvest festivals and things like that. You yeah. Know? And then I was going to say it's like it's happening. a funny sort of trajectory to go from like, this is a thing. We created trick or treating to keep kids out of trouble. And then it's like trick or treating becomes fraught. And it's like, uh-huh. you know, you have harvest parties and trunk or treats to keep yeah. it contained. Yeah. Like- <laughs> it's it's interesting to see how much it has been tamed, uh, like a concentrated effort has been taken to tame Halloween and make it a lot more family friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like I'm largely fine with the celebrations that we have. Like, I don't think people need to be, you know, like out burning furniture in the street or whatever. Like, no. but, but it does, like, there's a part of me, like the rebel part of me is like, damn it, I can't believe these fucking like politicians. <laughs> Did you know Chicago canceled Halloween in, during the war? During, like, I think it was like 1940. One. They were just like, you shouldn't be out there having fun. Well, they were like, <laughs> you know, to support the war effort, you should not participate in blah, 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 because we need these things for the war. Oh, and like, yeah, like it's it's, it's it, yeah, for one night. You can't let people forget that we're at war. Yeah. And just go yeah. like be ghosts in the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because We need like, all your sheets. Well, and, and they're for the they're, soldiers. Right. <laughs> There, there was like a like the communities were kind of stepping back, like stepping forward against that and being like, no, we need this uh, yeah. like recreation. We need organized recreation in order to mm-hmm. like just be sane as humans. You know, this right. like it's crazy enough. So but I mean, like not everything in the book was like talking about like pushback. You know, it did. It was also right. talking about like traditions and things and like, you know, bobbing for apples has always been a thing. And like. You know, like the 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 seances and like the getting pulling the talking boards out was like a huge thing in the Victorian era. You know, Why so are, like I'm curious if it comes because this book is called what like an American holiday. Yeah, American. Halloween, an American holiday, an American history. And this was a thing that I honestly had never thought about until starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mark talking about how like now. Halloween is big business there. And I know I've mm-hmm. had other British friends say the same thing, like, oh, now we have your Halloween. Like, they deeply right. think of it as, like, your Halloween. Yeah. Or, like, 
you know, uh, edgy Americans will always be like, actually, it's Samhain. Right. And it comes from your blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But everyone else is like, this is American. Does it's it kind of like broach why this is? It's true. Why did we do this? Why yeah. are we so into it? Yeah. Um. So like, it is true that it orig- initially, you know, traditions were brought over by immigrants, by a lot, a lot of Irish immigrants, Um, you know and and so we we did kind of like um carry a lot of that you know over but like we had the puritans who were very against it and stuff Mm -hmm. so there was kind of like this like argument still back then of like should we have halloween should we not have halloween and stuff and then they didn't call it that yet but um like these these harvest celebrations and that's mostly what it was Mm -hmm. um but i was also reading because like we didn't just take Samhain from the like the like the celtic like druidic priests and stuff like they had you know they have the their spring um celebration which i don't know how to pronounce um but like the solstice and stuff and like it's interesting because like that has a lot to do with fertility and Mm -hmm. so like pure like there there were people that would like say they couldn't do that they couldn't have like the may celebrations and everything right but then they would be a lot looser in the fall for the harvest Hmm. and stuff so it's like i i think it just really depended on the regions and like i don't remember like where like everybody you know, like who who felt which way about it, just off the top yeah. of my head. But um, it wasn't until they like so so they they had like certain elements of these European traditions, right? That that eventually were all kind of packaged together when people started realizing that they could market it, right? That's kind of like what made it take off, um, yeah, because like okay. people would kind of celebrate in their homes or like with their friends and stuff but it wasn't like like really like a like the the a massive like month-long event that it right. is now <laughs> you know um i think i truly think that the money aspect of it which yeah. i absolutely hate yeah i hate that but i it think unfortunately that's has worked in our popular. favor <laughs> right yeah the one time although like i yeah. i while i was reading that i mean i didn't like read it cover to cover like you know whatever but um as i was like flipping through it and reading different sections and stuff it really did make me think oh i should decommercialize a lot of my like i can still Mm. have halloween and like maybe adopt some of these older traditions that aren't part of this very commercialized holiday that we have now and it still feels spooky and festive and stuff like i'm kind of thinking like i would like to explore some of those older you know, traditions Ooh. and stuff. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. What are some of the things that like came up? Because that you have definitely piqued my interest here. Yeah, like, like they would like send cards to each other, like Halloween cards and like invitations and stuff. And just like kind of going. I actually, you know, that did come up when I was researching Hallmark uh-huh. for Wisecrack. That like, um, you know, the Christmas cards I believe, and I could be wrong because I don't have my notes in front of me, but like Halloween cards were just as popular mm-hmm. as like um, like Christmas and Valentine's cards. Like it was like, yeah, everyone just sends Halloween cards. That's like yeah. a normal thing to do. Yeah. I love yeah. that. 
yeah like and like i guess just some of the like the like treats and things that they do they would do like the games and stuff like i think it would be fun to kind of recreate a victorian halloween party um and just like do some of those like older party games and stuff like they like i don't i i would definitely have to look up like recipes and things like like that what exactly are they yeah Yeah, um but but yeah like i just think that would be really fun and like you know the the i like the idea of not buying a costume which i have done before Mm -hmm. and i think like that totally you know is a valid thing to do but like i think it's fun and more creative to kind of come up with your own thing and like I just, I don't know. I just think having, like, an old-fashioned Halloween party would be, yeah. like, super, super fun. And also all the masks are, like, really scary. Yes, <laughs> Like, in yes. all the old pictures. Absolutely. Like, they just yeah. walked around like that? Yeah. <laughs> I would have so many nightmares. Yeah, for sure. Which I'm for. Yeah, me too. Let's do that. Yeah, I love, I like st- the stuff today. I mean, you can get some good stuff, but it's, be- I think the, the knowing that it's mass-produced, Mm-hmm. takes a little bit of the the allure out of it yeah. for me um and like and handmade quality tends to add an right to that's something that's another thing that i i'm gonna try to go like re- kind of revert back to as like not buying so many decorations but like making mm, stuff yeah um that's something that i'm really interested in uh, getting more into just like it'll it'll benefit my wallet and it'll yeah, probably right. benefit the environment and exactly. <laughs> you know yeah, not a bunch of like cheap mass manufacturing right and then i know shipped. that i'm the only one who has this and you know it's okay. just kind of special so yeah Although i still really want that 13 foot skeleton i'm not gonna lie. i know i do too <laughs> i want it so bad yeah <laughs> the only reason that i have not purchased that is that Keo keeps saying baby where are we gonna store it yeah you could just keep it out right like there are people who do that and they yeah. just like, dress it for the seasons yeah so totally he doesn't like that idea he's Aww. not into it i tried Darn it <laughs> um so on that note i think mm-hmm. since we're talking about some of those traditions and whatnot what are some of your adult Halloween traditions that you have done before going back and reverting to your Victorian mm-hmm. Halloweens. What are some of the things that you like to do now or want to? Because it's this is your first Halloween aside from college, like out of the house, right? Yeah. 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 And I did live at home. Like I did live at home throughout college. So I even mm. then I didn't really um I was I was very fortunate that I didn't have to pay for dorms and I mm-hmm. like had my own space and everything. <laughs> Um, but something that, uh, my sibling Apollo and I have done the last several years is have hold or host together a themed Halloween party. Um, and like, so one year we did a stranger things, um, theme one year we did a mystery circus and we actually like got one of those kits where you know everybody's a character and you have to figure out the mystery like the murder mystery and everything and we all dressed as circus uh you know circus people and that was really fun enjoy that part (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like um that's something that's been really fun and last year so we uh, had always hosted them at my my parents house but last year we had it at uh, paulo's apartment and so like i decided like i i deemed myself 
the bartender for the night and like i i i got like three different like drink recipes and like i experimented with them ahead of time and like they're all spooky like and that was that was honestly so fun and i can't wait to like kind of do that again because Mm -hmm. like i i we don't drink like a ton at home but having an excuse to like make a fancy cocktail especially for a halloween theme like that is something that i i had so much fun with that last year and like i'm really looking forward again to like pulling some of those recipes out and like trying some stuff oh i love that so much that's great i'm considering i would love to do a halloween party i don't know a lot of people here Mm. um you know i basically i say i have two friends that i invite to do everything with me um anna ludlow who uh designed our uh that art of us that we use on things for jack of all grades um and uh, Kim and <laughs> both of them I every time I want to do something I'm like does anyone want to go and thankfully they're down for whatever I'm working on it my yeah. neighbors like me fine uh, <laughs> but I would love to do some sort of you know Halloween party thing what we've done basically for the entirety of our marriage is you know because I love Halloween so much um, like I think so I the street that I grew up on in Massachusetts um like one half of it on the other side of high street was like really bustling. It was down by the park and things like that. The half that I lived on, there was like the Greenfield tap and die, which is like a mm. big industrial place. Mm-hmm. There was a middle school. There was like a, a disabled folks place and like a chiropractor next to me. So like there were only like three houses that were just regular residential houses on my end of the street. Okay. So no one ever came trick or treating or anything like that. We never got to like hand out candy. Um, And uh, so, and famously like, you know, my mom always told a story of like my dad when they first moved into that house and Mm -hmm. he was so excited, you know, their first home and all this. And, he like made cider and candy Aww. apples and he sat out on the porch and no one oh, ever came. That's so sad. <laughs> right. And that like I feel like that story like just got into my soul. Yeah. Um and I have always wanted to like hand out candy and mm-hmm. things like that. Um and so, you know, when we got married, um, we like kind of lived uh you know, at first we lived in like a I don't think we ever had a Halloween in the first place we lived in, but we moved into a place that was like kind of set back. I always called it, um, you know, platform nine and three quarters, mm-hmm. <laughs> things yeah. like that, because it was like, you just have to run down the driveway and then you'll hit it, uh, yeah. but you can't see it from the street. And so we started like the tradition of putting um, a projector out that we'd play like kid friendly mm-hmm. Halloween movies like Monster House and Hocus Pocus sure. and things like yeah. that on it and then we'd sit outside and we'd have like chalk arrows mm-hmm. and like maybe bags with candles that's and stuff awesome. in it. like hey we're down here um that's so fun so, yeah and so like basically throughout our whole 14 year marriage so far um we have always like you know projected something it's gotten bigger Keo has these big speakers that he sets Aww. up and you know all these kinds of things and we try to you know lure the kids to our right. house <laughs> yeah sanderson sisters that's awesome um, and again, I live on a street now where it's like there's several people with like toddlers, so they take their kids to mm-hmm. other parts. But also, like we live in the the middle class and poor part of town, mm. 
and there's a hugely rich part of town where like Aaron Rodgers just bought a house here. Stephen oh, Colbert wow. and Patrick Wilson live uh, here. Like, you yeah. know, and so nobody wants to trick or treat where they're going to get a fun size candy bar mm-hmm. where they can go to Upper Montclair and get like yeah. huge things. So no one really, everyone goes across town to yeah. <laughs> do it, but we still do it. We set up mm-hmm. the projector and, you know, our neighbor's kids stop by as they're going out. You know, you yeah. know, their parents are like, you got to go see Miss Corey and Mr. Keo, you know, <laughs> like, make them happy. <laughs> and yeah. then just like sit and watch movies, you know, all evening. That's really cozy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Like it's just I think that's, you know, growing up, I loved like I loved trick or treating. I just loved the fallishness. I loved watching you know, movies and mm-hmm. the early darkness and all that kind of stuff and the crispness. And so I really just like want to like breathe the air and look at the decorations. Keo mm-hmm. and I will go on like walks. Is, this is one of the great things about being back on the East Coast again. People go hard at Halloween. Yeah. And so our whole neighborhood Mm-hmm. just we have several of the like 13 foot skeletons we have a goonie house we have That's like awesome. all kinds of stuff around so we just walk and we look and ours is expanding we started with just like a couple graves and mm-hmm. a zombie and now we've got a big inflatable and i saw kia was looking at another thing and i'm like <laughs> awesome. interesting so yeah you know that like i've i've got a very for someone who does not have children <laughs> will mm-hmm. never have children things like that my adult halloween traditions tend to sort of revolve around reliving uh childhood yeah. halloween and wanting to be a part of like I think it's the community thing around yeah. it, you know, like yeah. that Halloween is a time when like everybody is out and about mm-hmm. and you get to like just you get to meet your neighbors who like mm-hmm. maybe you don't see and stuff like that. And it's like feels very much like um, the community. I grew up in a small town, you know, that like just something that I really treasured uh, from being yeah. a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, and like healing, or not even healing, but like taking care of like your that part yeah. of yourself, like that inner totally. child is so like great. Like especially mm-hmm. now, like when you know everything sucks all the time. Like yeah. to be able to kind of set it aside for a little bit and just yeah. remember like the fun stuff about being a kid and looking yeah, forward exactly. to Halloween. Like yeah, that's it's you can't beat it. Yeah. I also always like I think I may have mentioned this before but I think part of that too like to to the point about like healing as well as taking care of and nurturing that part of you is that like like there's no baggage around Halloween Mm, like your family doesn't all come over like all this kind of stuff like your parents aren't fighting on Halloween Mm. like you know it's just like such a benign holiday yeah that like there's like no trauma Mm -hmm. wrapped up in Halloween and so it feels very just like pure yes in that way like I don't have any looking back and going like oh god mm-hmm. this was, you know, remember yeah. when they forced us to go to our families this thing and this <laughs> happened or anything like that like it's yeah just like, no it's just it's just fun me and my sister sitting on the floor sorting out our candies trading mm-hmm. you know, things like that it was wonderful yeah aside from as I did talk about that one year that Halloween got canceled in Greenfield because of the supposed halloween slash oh, um yeah what's it called um friday the 13th copycat mm-hmm. killing <laughs> yeah there was that one but other than that it's a good time <laughs> now um finally i wanted to address you know we have talked on this show before about halloween movies that we all watch 
you know, and, and what those ones that we go to are. But I kind of wanted to revisit this topic and branch out from the ones that, like, kind of everybody watches and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Or, again, talk about ones that are, like, new. Because I know that I've seen some recent ones that I'm like, this is added to my October playlist mm-hmm. of movies. Yeah. What are some of the ones that you think of that uh, maybe aren't mainstream or that are new to you or things yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually started doing this last year and I've I've already made, made my calendar for this year, Ooh, but like nice. I will plan out uh, the whole month. I don't, I only do this for October. I will, <laughs> I plan out the whole month of what I'm going to watch and I try to do a double feature every day. Oh, of, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So I'll do one that I haven't seen and then one that I have yeah. seen because like I've fallen I into like this thing where like I'll either just like watch a bunch of stuff that I know that I love and then I don't see the new stuff or like I'm trying to catch up on the new stuff and then I miss out things that I want right. to watch. So I'm like, no, I'm like forcing myself to like kind of hit both of these things. Um, and yeah, like there were definitely some that like made it on my list this year that were rewatches last year and then there were some that like I watched for the first time last year that have made it onto like my rewatch plans. Yeah. <laughs> um so like 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 Killer Clowns from Outer Space oh, is sorry. it's not a Halloween movie but no, to me not, it feels it? like an October time. Like it feels it, yeah. like I don't put it like near the end of the month but like it needs to be some watched at some point in October and I just feel like it just like because it's it's such like the like what I want an 80s horror movie to be it just feels like the perfect thing to kind of like get the mood right that's 100% true it's got eerie vibes Mm -hmm. and like camp and you know I, I have said before like still to this day I find killer clowns from outer space terrifying mm-hmm. and maybe that is in part because it's the first horror movie I ever remember seeing right but like also I just the way they move and all that kind of stuff and it's a, a sister movie essentially to Ernest Scared Stupid they're the same yeah. film but one is made yeah. for kids you know <laughs> and yeah. so I think that's part two of why like it feels very Halloweeny even though I guess technically like the carnival and everything is probably like a summer movie uh yeah but yeah it feels like mm-hmm. the right season yes yeah, Killer Clowns is a, a go-to. Um, I would add on the 80s note, this might be, I think this is 90s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Popcorn for the first time this year. Okay. Mark and I watched Popcorn. Yeah. And I feel like this, so there's like, to the point of sort of Killer Clowns as well, one of the things that I love about like a Halloween movie is a degree of like, there's some that are like really hardcore that are fun to watch or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think there's like a campiness and a fun to mm-hmm. a Halloween movie that differentiates it from like just any horror I watch the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, I want there to be, I don't know, this sort of wink element to it, you know, where it's like, we're all having fun here. This is a good time. And popcorn. I love just this like, you know, kids like me, it's a bunch of like young kids. I mean, I'm not a young kid, but they're a bunch of young kids yeah. who, you know, are putting on a show at the movie theater because, you know, they love horror so much. And then, you know, things go haywire or whatever. Um, and everybody in it is so likable. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the things that's so enjoyable about it is that like, 10 minutes into it, I was like, I don't want anybody in here to die. Yeah. I really like everybody, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's such a, a fun movie with fun practical effects and camp and comedy. 
um, with some good horror in it as well. So Popcorn is absolutely going on my Halloween list. Yeah, I need to rewatch that because I think the only time I've seen it was on like a screaming chat or something. Right. And I, I didn't pay attention to a lot yep. of it. I did like what I saw. So yeah, yeah, I definitely need to like actually watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's very worthwhile, I think. Especially because I think it's also like one of the like a cool 90 minute movie as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So thumbs up there yeah. as well. Yeah. What um, else you got? Um, another one that I've discovered in the last few years, um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm. Like So good. I only yeah. watched that for the first time like a year or two ago too. Uh-huh. And it is so goddamn fun. She's delightful. Yes. One of like my favorite lines. Like I I like when I was little, like I could remember movie lines like all the time. I don't really have that ability anymore. Uh-huh. But there's a line <laughs> in that movie where she's like um, my name is Elvira, but you can call me tonight. And like, I just think it's so, <laughs> so hilarious. Good. Like, I just she's yeah. The whole thing, she's basically like, she's like a horny guy uh-huh. in this, and so it's like every she's turning it on its head the whole time by like constantly being the aggressive, flirtatious mm-hmm. person using weird like pickup lines like yeah. that. And it's like, oh, it's so good. I, oh, love, I love it. it. Yeah, so that one has become like a, a October watch definitely for me because it just like once again it's not necessarily like Halloweeny but the vibes are right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that one. That's a really good one. Um, I have added to the list Deadstream, the okay. Shutter um, found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like again it's like fun lighthearted, but it's got a lot of horror to it a lot of gore all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. you know it's just like fun to watch it's the kind of thing you if i invited a bunch of people over and we had drinks or whatever and we're just sitting around and put deadstream on mm-hmm. everyone would have a good time and feel yeah. in the halloween mood yeah you know i i feel like in the minority that i i was not super impressed with that movie but the scenario yeah, you just like de- it either. yeah <laughs> the scenario you just described though of like a group of people right. just like chilling and having drinks like around halloween i do think that would be the time that i'd be like yeah, yeah. this is fun right like you're not paying like super close attention right. to it but every now and again you go oh, oh, oh dude yeah yeah that's gnarly or whatever sure. you know i think like it's set up for that mm-hmm. yeah um malignant has <laughs> definitely become an October movie for me. Um, I love James Wan movies. I do and generally. If, not that one, but I do love James Wan, so I yeah. get it. <laughs> um, last year, you know, I watched The Conjuring and Insidious during October. And, you know, those those are always top tier ones for me. But, like, yeah, because definitely. I have recently watched um, in the Insidious franchise because we did a Hellrankers on it. And we're going to be doing a, a Hellrankers spoilers. We're going to be doing a Hellrankers of the Conjuring Cinematic Universe in September because the oh new boy. the Nun 2 is coming out. Yeah, that's um, right. So I, I didn't put them on my list this year since, I, mm-hmm. you know, but but um, Malignant for sure. And also Dead Silence, which that's I just awesome. watched this year. And I already can't wait to watch it again. Basically, um, it's another James Wan movie. Um, okay. and it's like about like these ventriloquist dummies and I had never seen it until this year and yeah, I'm trying already to think if I have or not. It, like it sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah, I can't wait to watch it in October. Like I okay. just think James Wan captures that like such a specific 
um, feeling of horror that so many other directors don't get for me. Like, it just, it feels personally tailored to what scares me. Right. Yeah. And we talked about that when we were discussing Insidious, too. I totally agree. And it's like, I think while Malignant didn't work for me for various reasons. Yeah. I do think, like, it's maybe just like a... And, and like, obviously, the last 20 minutes of Malignant is great. Like, Mm -hmm. I would have to be lying to myself to pretend that isn't an epic way to end an R movie. Don't get me wrong. I think it does have, like, you know, elements of the other movies, though, that I do really enjoy. And he -hmm. he manages to take, like, a camp aesthetic, like, a Mm -hmm. very specific old school almost like something that you can see from like the early 20th early 20th century almost yeah. look um something vaudevillian something circus mm-hmm. yes about the aesthetic that he brings to it that is very uncanny and very chilling and yep. very nightmarish yep. that i really like and right. that is in malignant for sure even yeah. though the movie didn't like work for me as a whole yeah yeah so he's he's definitely like most of most of the time, throw on one of his movies, and I'm gonna be um, I'm right there for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed, um, I put VHS on um, the list, oh! which I just watched a few months ago. You had watched it, right? Yes, you had it that's a great idea. I would yeah. never have thought of it for that, but it works perfectly. Right, it feels yeah. very, especially because since it's so throwback, and uh-huh. you know, I think. I think when I talked about this on there, the movie is supposed to be the 80s or 90s, Mm -hmm. I think. I think it's supposed to be the 80s. And I said that it felt more like the like mid to late 90s in it. And then I looked up the director and he's like a few years younger than me. So I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I can see how he got a little confused (laughs) there. And this is more relevant to like our age than Mm -hmm. the age that he was aiming for but I think part of that like being like this very much feels like when I was a kid tween Mm -hmm. um you know flipping through the channels at 2 a.m and like the weird shit that you would see (laughs) at that hour that like even if it was very innocuous it somehow felt sinister and threatening Mm -hmm. and i love that it captures that vibe so well and then genuinely has some like really scary moments in it as well that movie is great i think i it impressed me so much i even like posted about it i think on on the dead and lovely group group because it like i don't nobody talks about it at all yeah but i'd never heard of it yeah but it's so cool like yeah for for what it is, like it's really well done. Yeah, and it and yeah. it's like an hour too, mm-hmm. which I love. Like that this this movie knows how long it needs to tell its story. Yeah, and it doesn't force itself to be ninety right. minutes because a movie is supposed to be ninety minutes. It's yep. like I have an hour long story to tell, and that's mm-hmm. how long this movie's gonna be. Yeah, that's love a that. great. That is a great <laughs> one to go on the list. Yeah, I'm sure. excited to watch that one again this year. Hmm. Um. Okay, I'm like, I'm looking at the list of things that I wrote down because like so many of these I just watch year round anyway, (laughs) but I especially like to watch them at Halloween, like Scream and Fear Street. Of course, yeah. Like I I will watch those movies anytime. I watch Fear Street about six times a year. Same thing (laughs) with Scream. Like Fear Street, I didn't really love. I think I like the middle one the best of all of them. Uh Uh-huh. From what I remember, I could be wrong. I think it was the middle one I liked the best, but like the vibe of that, mm-hmm. like, yes, you know, yeah, it's 
very oh, comforting and yeah and, and like vibe yeah like last year I, I had watched scream because it was on my list and like once again it's on my it's on my list for october and then like like my si- i was over at my siblings apartment like a couple days later and they were like man i really want to watch scream and i was like yeah put it on do it put it on always a good it's time it's perfect it's always good time for scream <laughs> So I always worry I'm going to like wear myself out on screen because I'm the same way. I'm like, anytime's a good time for it. And so sometimes I will consciously be like, don't watch it. You know, right. like I'm like, it's been 25 years mm-hmm. or whatever, and I'm not worn out yet. I feel like it's going to be. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like weird because like those are they're they're like infinitely watchable to me. But also I would feel strange if I didn't watch them at yeah. Halloween time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah kind of like i mean i know you hate these but like the i know what you did last summer movies are like <laughs> yeah. it's not summer if i don't watch sure yeah i know what you did last summer and i still know what you did last summer totally those are fourth of july movies you know <laughs> you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> um just to you know get through fast since we're going on a million hours of this <laughs> other movies new ones that i added the blackening which we okay. talked about a couple weeks ago i think that's perfect halloween vibes Mm -hmm. as well as sick a good old kevin williamson joint you know that's a new classic i think that has you know even though i think that that uh, i was gonna say it's a summer movie because there's a lake but Uh i don't know when it's supposed to be it's just pandemic so yeah (laughs) time didn't exist during quarantine so it's whenever right um isn't it like like it has a good vibe yeah no i was gonna say isn't it during but no i don't know (laughs) i'm not even gonna pretend no idea (laughs) like literally i think it's best to think of it as that was that like period of time where time stopped so yeah you know where every day when i woke up my mother would say what's up and i'd say every day is exactly the same Mm -hmm. that's when it took place so it can be halloween maybe yeah for sure (laughs) um yeah a couple of newer ones for me too like and i think these actually pair really well together would be we summon the darkness and Mm -hmm. satanic panic um i feel like i saw that satanic panic the script was written by grady hendrix so any of our joag book clubbers you know will you know recognize him (laughs) Um, maybe that's why i think i've maybe i haven't seen it and i just was thinking i've seen it on like grady hendrix list yeah I like both of these movies because they they're they both like center around like a cult element in a modern day setting in in a situation that you would never expect um like and and they're they have these like very um uh charismatic young women as the leads and so it's like it's just I feel like it's a it's a callback to these classic slashers, you know, right. that have these final girls and stuff. But it's it's been like kind of updated. So, you know, like, I don't know. I just think both of those movies are a really like fun time. you got some yeah. cool blood and, and some spooky stuff and like yeah. th- so those definitely. Yeah, those yeah. definitely made my my list for this year that they're not Halloween movies, but yeah, just but they're bits. anything that's like. I feel like occulty things are mm-hmm. generally Halloween vibes. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing oh, I also said Renfield. Renfield has okay. Halloween vibes yeah. as well yeah. for new ones that are out, you know, just mm-hmm. again, fun time, easy kind of thing to watch that like you can put on and have drinks and watch mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna have a good time despite Aquafina. Right. The last thing that I put was another one that I watched this year that I had heard about forever, um, but n- until Mark was like, let's watch this. I hadn't done it. And that's Exorcist 3. Okay. Perfect 
Halloween vibes there. I think it even like starts with like leaves blowing around as someone walks and stuff okay. like that. Like, but that movie is so goddamn good. I could not believe it. Okay. Um, Exorcist three, right? It is three, not four. Pretty seriously. If well, I'm saying right. the wrong one, people know which <laughs> yeah, one is the is good the one. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about, even yeah. if I'm saying the wrong number on it. Um, it just, yeah, a great procedural mm-hmm. okay a, a cool. demon procedural with like one of the most iconic scenes in horror that i had i mentioned this when we watched it um on the show but that like when i was watching like that like greatest moments in horror documentary on um shutter, shutter? Yeah. like if something came up that like i hadn't seen yet i would be like close my eyes i don't want to have it ruined for mm-hmm. me and that was one of them was oh yeah from this movie and so like when i watched i was like oh my god they were right that's <laughs> like, awesome. this paid off so hard uh and so that's absolutely hitting it i think it'll be that and the first exorcist will be for sure halloween watches this year awesome cool yeah i haven't seen i have only seen the first one and and have the giant hurdle ahead of me of the second one. Um, That's the thing. That's your completionist thing. You can't yeah. just skip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So eventually, eventually, because the, the new one is coming out. So yeah, so you kind of have to. Catch to. Up. Yeah. So, but I do want to see it. I do want to see that. Yeah. The then you'll get to this sure. one and it'll yeah. all be worthwhile. Right. Any other Halloween flicks to close out? Um, yeah, just like real quick. Um, I I always throw on Corpse Bride at some point during the month. And um, Eraserhead has been one that Ooh. in the last several years, I've just That's really had a bad. craving for at that time of year. Yeah, so. that makes total sense. I yeah. love that. Big fan of that one. As mm-hmm. a person who like, it's kind of like my, you know, I don't like Cronenberg until I really like Cronenberg. Yeah. And that's like, I don't like Lynch until I really like Lynch. Mm-hmm. And that, oh man, I love Eraserhead. I just yeah. think that's yeah. spot on me. And like the kind of, like the black and white and mm-hmm. everything, like I think just also helps like add to, you know, cause like, I mean, there's always, in Halloween movies, like it's kind of like almost a joke. Like there's always some TV that has like Night of the Yeah, like a black playing. and white old. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. And so, yeah. and so it's like, to to watch some of those like is is always fun because I'm like I'm doing the thing that they do in yes. movies. <laughs> it's like when you're watching it on the thing, you're like, what? Everybody's always watching public domain movies or yeah. whatever. And like, I'm doing it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel very good about all of this. I hope people are inspired. I hope you feel cooled off mm-hmm. right now. I hope you can smell the leaves, can hear them rustling outside of your window as mm-hmm. you listen to us right now i hope you've had a good time the and steam you're feeling is a little... coming off a s- yes. cup of cider next to you mm, or hot chocolate so beautiful yeah yes that's what we want for you think uh, autumn please... thoughts yeah. <laughs> please uh do let us know your um new halloween faves if you have any uh your halloween traditions what's your grown-up halloween look like and uh of course your Ouija board experiences and other such things. We always want to hear from you at Jack of All Graves on all the things. Anna, I believe we should give them their final assignment. What do they do this week? I believe y'all are meant to stay spooky. Mm, good word. <laughs>